welcome to episode 197 of the F Reality Podcast, your fortnightly rundown of the juiciest VR news. We have an interesting show lined up for you today where we're going to be talking about location-based VR experiences making a comeback. Nathie tells us about his time exploring Minecraft on the Quest. We discuss the rumors of PSVR 2 being delayed until 2023. It's pretty sad news. We'll be giving you our thoughts on both Vox Machina and a VR mod from Luke Ross for Cyberpunk 2077. And to round up this epic show, Zem has got some new releases coming in the next couple of weeks for us all to look forward to. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlights from the past couple of weeks. And also let us know what you've been playing in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, this guy loves robots. He loves them so much, in fact, he wants to be inside them. Piloting them, of course. It's the legendary VR streamer and mech pilot, Zimtok5. How you doing? <laughs> you, threw, you threw me this week. Uh, <laughs> being inside robots, God, the amount of images that are going through my head right now. But um, <laughs> it was a very robotic week. Uh, it was a very robotic week. Uh, I know we have uh, other things that have been happening in the wider spectrum, and we'll be talking about that. But um, aside from the downside of the last week and, and, and a half... Um, yeah, lots of robotic stuff. Um, my, my, my pick of the week has been, has been uh, tea for God, like finally getting a play space where I can enjoy that game. I've got a holodeck basement now, which is this massive space, absolutely enormous and, um, being able to max out tea for God, so to speak, in, in the cells that you have in that game, the various rooms and that, and then just like learning how cool that game is because, um, most developers will have a tutorial or hold your hand and um, expect you to learn, but based on what you're told. I really like it when games just throw you in the deep end and they're like, they don't explain shit at all. Um, and that's like one of these. Like, how, how would I know that you have to pick up a robot dog and touch its PP to turn it to your friend and then throw it on the ground and it'll wander around? You can actually have a collection of like wait, six, wait, wait, eight wait. dogs. Wait, 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 wait. You have to do what, sorry? You have to touch its, its unit underneath what? the dog. I'm in not tea joking. For God? In tea for God. If you want to I make friends with the dogs, yeah. you turn over the little, what look like male robots, you touch its wee-wee, and then it's your friend. It. I'm not joking. It. This is it. it's the weirdest <laughs> fecked up thing. Right? Wow. I, I just want to know, have, have you tried that in real life too now, Sim? With no. Your dog? <laughs> My dog is a female, so <laughs> she doesn't what have the, the necessary parts. That so, very weird. Weird. so that so, very so weird. you become friends that way. So basically, T for God is, sep is, is okay. separated into two parts. Wow. You have bad robots and good robots. Oh. And, and I didn't know this. At, at the beginning, I was just shooting the feck out of everything. I, like, this is me in any of the Fallout games. Nobody's my friend. Everything dies. But in this game, I finally realized, I was like, oh, these little spider robots, they're not attacking me. And so I pick one up, and then you, like, push a button, and it changes color, kind of like in Portal style. And you throw it on the ground, and it scampers off. And you're like, oh, what's going on? It goes around the corner, takes a lift upstairs, and explodes in some enemy that was about to gank you's face, and, and, and it's cleared the way for you. It's like this little suicidal robot. It's great. Fantastic. And then wow. there's more. There's these little dogs that look like, um, um, oh, what, what's the alien race in Half-Life? The ones, the, the Vortigons. Vortigons. Like Vortigons. Yeah. <laughs> like a Vortigon, it like these little dogs. They like charge up electricity uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. fire electricity forward. And so those ones, you, you, if they run at you, 
You're like, no, little puppy, you're a little moody today. Let me chill your mood out, put on some Barry Manilow, and then throw them back down on the ground, and they'll, <laughs> oh they'll follow God. you around, and they'll protect you. It's amazing. So you end up with, like, you you become a robot lord. So, Mike, your intro couldn't have been more on, on point well, this week. Um, I, I'm shocked, to be honest, uh, you know. And I think so anyone we were, listening or watching still, this show, yeah. like, it's peaked, and it's probably going to go rapidly downhill from this point. Yeah, so. because, because we were still talking about tea for God. Yeah, yeah it's all tea for, for some God. some reason. It's, yeah. it, okay. it's crazy, but like um, I, I beat the demo. It took me, I haven't beaten the hardcore mode, which I put like four and a half hours in. And then I was like, maybe I'll try arcade. Arcade I beat in an hour. So if you want something a little bit lighter, but like learning the symbols, there's all these glyphs, like hieroglyphics and stuff. And you have to learn all this stuff and what it means. And then uh, balance shield and health and ammo and all this stuff. But um, the, the dev commented this week that they're, they're actually going to be doing between your point and like the Citadel, very, very like Half-Life-esque where you're going. There's going to be uh, like horizontal moving platforms. There's going to be vehicles, stuff like that in the final game. So I am super excited uh, for where that goes because there's not another game that does room scale quite as well as T for God. Nice. I'm, I'm still convinced that you played a, that you played a different version. It's like, it's like back in the days when you like downloaded a movie and you wanted to watch like Lord of the Rings oh. and you got like something a little bit different called like Lord of the Strings, you know? <laughs> oh like, my God. Uh, Oh my I, I god! Think that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast has gone into the toilet, literally. Well, this yeah. this is what this is what happens when the when when VR is kind of you know quiet uh, like in these months, and then this happens. This mm. happens every year. I love yeah, like this podcast fun. turns into this weird like I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 yeah. Anyway, so T for God, Enjoy. if you want to check it out, is it it's on SideQuest or is it an App Lab title now? So I think it's App Lab, yeah, right? App App Lab. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. Nice. So. So that was the first one. I just wanted to make a quick shout for anyone who um, who, who has has the game uh, for Tetris Affected or Tetris Effect Connected. Kind of a complicated name. I played that in three player mode, um, which is so badass. Like you end up, it kicks into this like Super Saiyan Tetris place where all three of you are contributing to the same block lines. So you're actually working together. Like it'll be Mike's turn, then Nathie's turn, then Zim's turn, and it goes in rotation. And you're all trying to feed blocks in and not block one another. And then you blast against like an AI component. That stuff yeah. is so cool. So if you're looking for multiplayer stuff, I've got to say Tetris Effect Connected is a really cool update. I, I know it's older now. but You're playing that with the family? Yeah, playing that with my wife. Um, and yeah, it's just super Does it fun. work with um, game share, you know, with multiple quests? Or do you have to buy it multiple times? Um, I We have multiple copies of it. Um, okay. But... So it was me, my wife, and someone online we were we were playing. So oh, it wasn't okay. the kids. Okay, sorry, I still sorry. haven't overcome, unfortunately, the, the kid thing. So sad cool. face there. But <clears throat> we'll find a way. There, okay. will, there will certainly be a way. A couple go. of nice suggestions there, T for God and uh, Tetris. Um, so next up, this guy loves to wield his pixel pickaxe and hang out in the overworld in glorious virtual reality. It's our blonde brother from another mother. It's Nathy. How you doing, dude? You all right? Well, l l technically, I was just playing Minecraft in VR for science. It's not not, oh. not something I, I would usually play. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I used I to play a lot of Minecraft. Now, I used to, like, when it just came out, you know, mm -hmm. like a long time ago. Like, how old is Minecraft? Like 10 years? 2010. 12 years. 2010? 12 years. Wow. wow. So I remember, like, this game coming out, and one of my friends introduced me to it. And then I just <clears> remember just sitting at my parents' place or like a week and i didn't even have time to put pants on that's that's all i know wow but uh yeah so it was, how was it, was it really in, cool. how is it in vr now 
Well, so I haven't, I haven't, like, uh, do you want to get into that now or you want to get into that later? We'll, uh, we'll cover it a little bit later on then, yeah, okay, uh, because okay. you're going to be talking about how it works and yeah. your experience with it. So we'll, we'll cover that a little yes. bit later on in yes. the show. So we'll, wow, what a cliffhanger. Sorry we'll about that. Skip right on. The, antis- the anticipation is real. <laughs> this, this, was not, this was not scripted, by the way, no. just saying. Uh, no. But um, yeah, besides that, I, uh, I have been like playing a lot of Rec Room again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like my new <laughs> hobby uh, because uh, it's just like yesterday we were updating my... So uh, in Rec Room, I have my own arcade and this came out three years ago. And when you go to my arcade, you get a free item. It's like a jacket. It looks really cool. No, not no ice cream, sadly. Um, no. What's the point? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, but anyways, um, you um, you can get this jacket. You can put it on, stuff like that. But it's quite old. And I was like, let's just update it. But then we found out that it's so old that everything has to be redesigned. So we were playing till like 5 a.m. in the morning. To get it done um but it, it's 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 like work in progress right now and i'm just enjoying it i feel like right now there's the time to just kind of invest time into other things than uploading some some cringe videos with titles that say that things are insane you know <laughs> so uh so i'm doing that and uh, um, something else that i did um i think it was like last week was like i dove back into the whole like couch feature thing again on quest yeah you know where you can like bring your couch into uh, the headset and when i tried it i i kind of found out how like kind of basic it is right because i was like <laughs> what if you could like bring your couch into every game and this couch is like themed around that game so for example mm-hmm. you play vr chat you can just uh, like uh, track your couch in there and every time you go to certain rooms it's there to sit on um, but for now it's like a really dumb system basically where th- you reset your like play space and the couch just moves the other way around so it's every time you go into VR your couch is on a different spot and you have to look for it it's super weird but I was like thinking what if you could just like you know um, maybe the next quest is gonna do it where you can just scan your couch then it's in there and it looks like your actual couch Um and you can just say like, okay, you know, uh, I'm now playing this game. I just want to put my chi- like my couch there, and I can just chill on it for a moment when you play something intense. Um, and I- also, you can't you can't even watch like for example, Oculus TV. Mike is going to talk about that later. Uh, you know about the like space mm. thingy. Um, when you when you're in Oculus TV, your couch disappears. Mm. So you're yeah. sitting in the black void on your couch still. It's super yeah. spacey, but... Uh, it would be nice for it to be persistent, right? So you could move around if you wanted yeah, yeah, to, grab yeah. some popcorn, that's... grab a drink, yeah, yeah. find your seat So again. it's always there. Yeah. So you, you, like, you, you know that's what we're talking about all the time, where there are no loading screens, but you just go from one app to the other and your couch just stays there. So you mm-hmm. kind of couch surf through the metaphors. Yeah, I've, mm. I have one request for Oculus in that respect is for the couches and the desk setting. Um, allow an l shape like allow you to connect yeah, to yeah, rectangles yeah, yeah. Yeah. like some yeah. basic or chairs the thing cheers. i don't get right like why why are, are are my couch and my desk a single line creation for setup when when you draw a guardian say for space pirate you know <clears throat> arena you have to use a, a squiggly brush why can't i have a line tool there like i don't get it i don't get it why does one have a straight line and the other one doesn't allow a feckin curve i i, I, don't, I don't understand their thinking what's, what's the interesting design. though is that um, recently there was a new quest environment it's like in this 
I don't know what it is. It's like in this wooden house and you have like this this forest around you. Oh, yes. And I know that one. In, in, so in that particular environment, the couch is is having a different like uh, theming around it. So it's made out of wood. So if you want to have a different looking couch, then you have to be specifically in that room to do it in. But this is like one of those features that came out like a year ago and it kind of got lost in space. And it's like, what do you want to do with it now? Like, why like, is it a in there? Like Oculus Rooms, it just kind of disappears. <laughs> yeah, well, pretty much. So I don't Guess know, that, that's about. something to throw into the mix. But uh, yeah, if you want to bring your couch into VR, you still can. Give it a try. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, good suggestion. Good suggestion. So uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Minecraft a little bit later on in the show. So next up, little known fact about this guy is that he actually proposed to his now wife in virtual reality. He's the original VR romantic. He's the one and only, of course, the rowdy guy. How you doing, dude? You all right? And I forever will be. Yeah. The original <laughs> VR Romeo. The Romeo. Yeah, the Romeo VR. It's not rowdy VR, it's Romeo VR. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, it's, been a, it's, been, it's been a rough week here in Montreal. You know, we've had even more snow drop. I'm sure that Zim... Uh, has been having his fair share of snow as well. Uh, I've seen enough snow for an entire lifetime, I think. I but it's been, uh, it's it. been, it's been crazy. Yeah, like because I know last year uh, at, at March, you know, the temperature was starting to get better. And it was, uh, it was already like you know picking up a little bit. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't mind. For me, it's still all new. Old people here are complaining, but uh, I'm still, I'm still okay with that. <laughs> I do have uh, something interesting that I that I actually did f- f- for a change. Uh, that had something to do, I think, with, with, with VR because it's, it's, it's Mark Zuckerberg, basically. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg oh. recently went on to the Lex Fritman <laughs> podcast. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if any of you guys follow the Funny Lex enough, Fritman podcast. Nathy showed me this. He tagged me in this and he was like, you need to check this out. But go on, explain uh, okay. it. Explain but, it for but, those who haven't seen it. Okay, well, I can actually, I can, I can, I think I know the segment that you're talking about. I'll actually, I'll, I'll show it as well. You mean the robot test, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what happened is, um, uh, is that, that Mark Zuckerberg was one of the guests on the Lex Fritman uh, podcast show. And before he started the interview, uh, he asked him, he gave him a piece of paper and asked him to circle all of the traffic lights. Like a capture. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, actually did it. Oh, and then he hilarious. took the paper, he checked it out and he said, uh, wow, you actually did it. That is a very impressive performance. We can now initiate the interview procedure. <laughs> <laughs> Which was just a great way of like starting that interview with like probably one of his biggest guests. Like, you know, he's had Elon Musk on there. He's had other uh, big and prominent figures on there as well. Um, but I generally really like his podcast because A, he's a scientist. You know, he, he works himself at, at, at MIT. He's a data scientist like me, so like there's a lot of overlap in terms of field and in terms of the experience that he has that I find a lot of interest in. So I, I was really looking forward to his interview. Uh, apparently, he's also going to Russia to try and uh, interview uh, uh, Vladimir Putin himself. So wow, he, he's because he has a Russian background himself. He's actually Russian American. I, I, so I was that, wondering that about it, that. I kind of like I, 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 he looked kind of Russian to me. It's like he <laughs> has this certain like you know, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's, he's a very intelligent man, and I really like his podcast because he asks questions to people that don't, normally don't get those kind of questions. Like, for example, he asked a question to Mark Zuckerberg, what do you think is the meaning of life? And I, I think those wow. kind of questions to these kind of people, uh, it's, it's interesting to get a response from them to see how they 
you know, what, what their view on the world is. But mm. regardless of that, there was, of course, also a very large section in that podcast that talked about VR, virtual reality. And it was interesting to see how, how Mark Zuckerberg himself looked at the development of VR and how we how we saw the company in the Oculus Quest and and all of that actually progressing. I've also I've never heard Meta so often mentioned <laughs> in, 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 in the metaverse, right? I bet the, in the metaverse uh, and and how Meta everything was. Um, but I have to say, like, uh, and I was a, a bit surprised by that because how I know Mark Zuckerberg from you know the conferences that we've been and the mm. you know the the, the communication he displays towards the outward world is that I often find it very. Uh, trained, you know, very pre-trained, you know, he, he has his responses ready for a specific uh, question. But with this, I, I felt like because it was such an open, more open conversation, um, he's actually very witty, which I didn't really expect really? from from a person like that. Yes, he had, like, I know, for I, example... He still sounded like he was just, like, reading out some lines from, like, the marketing uh, no, papers. I didn't, ha- I didn't have that feel, because, of course, no, sorry, like, Mark, Mark always has... No, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he has this. Uh, it's kind of like the way that he speaks often sounds very robotic uh, in any way. But the kind of conversations that he was having was was actually I was I was impressed. He made he made for example a joke about uh, because Lex Friedman said that he should switch to a different topic because uh, they would otherwise spend five to six more hours on it. And he said, "Oh, I've been into con- constitutional sittings and testimonies that were longer than that, so don't worry about it." It's like <laughs> it's like these kind of comments that he yeah. was making um, yeah. that that I that I really appreciated. Uh, but I was interested specifically in the virtual reality stuff because he had a, a big conversation on avatars, and he kind of pointed towards the direction that he wants Oculus Quest to go. So he said, "We have gaming already nailed down." He said, "So that's you know, gaming was done for him." Okay. Um, social, they've also done really leaps in that. They're very far in that. Yes. And then the next thing, really on his agenda, uh, was productivity, something that we've been seeing Smart. as well mm-hmm. on the on the Oculus uh, Connect, you know, Facebook Connect, Meta Connect is going to become now probably, I don't know. But it's, um, it, it, it really was a, a big point of focus for him on like productivity to bring uh, coding environments into virtual reality, to bring uh, Microsoft Office variants, Excel mm-hmm. variants, all your kind of productivity tools besides meeting because he believes that, he said, for example, all the meetings that were done uh, in, uh, in Meta in, at at, at his company were already using Facebook workrooms, which is kind of the platform they're delivering in mm-hmm. order to to try and to try and uh, de- develop that. And another thing that I found very interesting in uh, what he brought up was that his next big focus with the next quest, he specifically said the next quest was the development of um, uh, facial recognition. Uh, so he was speaking about eye tracking and actual like facial. Um, uh, I said emotion and interaction so that people would have a more natural experience in the kind of platforms that he was developing from uh, a social perspective. Well, I think that's that's definitely like their main focus for Cambria, right? You know, although it yeah, probably yeah. will be able to I play so. games, I think the main focus is going to be social and, and, and productivity. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, because I was still thinking that this was going to be, you know, not with the next iteration of quests, not yet, but maybe... Maybe maybe eye tracking, yes. Huh? Like uh, we talked about that before, mm. but to see that in the in you know the next iteration, so then the Quest Three or whatever it's going to be called, mm. uh, to see that integrated is is interesting. As I, well. I think personally, because I think the direction is going to be focused on moving away from gaming. I think they're going to call it something else. Quest will be their gaming line. 
the next headset yeah. will be something else. It won't be a Quest Pro could even. Well I think it will be a, a different name completely to differentiate it. Could, could, I agree. Could very well. I, I agree with that. Although he was specifically talking about like next iteration and he mentioned Quest. Right. Uh, so I, I mean, they probably haven't ironed out the details on that yet. Um, but that was something that I found particularly mm. interesting. Interesting. And what's, in the, uh, what's the podcast again called? So it's, it's Lex Fritman. That's just how the podcast is called. Yep. The Lex Fritman podcast. And it's... Um, it's uh, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on on YouTube, and then different social media platforms. But uh, it's something that I highly recommend, especially if you're interested in in science and a little bit more bigger than life questions. Mm. Uh, I really enjoy those. Uh, I, I actually watch those or listen to those uh, quite often. And our own uh, show, of course. You know, when you're doing your housework in your pants. Of you course, know. of course. Obviously, I think that the, the mention that you, you said there, Optional. Rowdy, of, of you know, de- focusing on even like developers coding and, and productivity, that's a, that's a huge market, actually. If yep. they can get into that, that's, that's great. This, this was the first week like, I actually braved it because, honestly, mm-hmm. without my rig, I'm, I'm getting sick now. I'm two months in to, you know, staring down on a, on a 13-inch laptop, and I'm like, my neck angle, you know, gets troubling after that many hours mm-hmm. when you're working, you know, eight, eight, ten hours or whatever, sitting at the desk. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm taking some training. I'll jump in mm-hmm. by a virtual desktop and I'll just use my Quest to alleviate the pressure on my neck. And you'd think, you know, you don't even have a head strap, Zim. That's going to be a weight down yep. the front. But even for those two hours, it was really it was really quite helpful. So I, I can't wait for productivity to come. And, and I'm actually, glad that that's their the, focus. And, and yeah, it is their focus because Mark Zuckerberg even said that he aimed for five years to have... Uh, it being integrated in a normal workflow. Because he was saying, mm-hmm. if we can, for example, improve the workflow of engineers by 5%, then that's enough in order for, com- for to convince companies to try and to implement that. I think, Which I found an interesting statement. I think that that time frame is very short, actually. I think that the boost in productivity you'll get is the fact that you won't be distracted so much by your real-world environments. You won't be distracted by your phone notifications. You won't be distracted by, you know, everything else that's going on around you. It might be to the, to the detriment of your pets that need feeding or something like that, but that's where I think, you know, you can get laser-focused mm-hmm. in that, especially that's what I found watching movies in VR, like in big screen, for example, mm-hmm. that I found them more immersive that way because there were fewer distractions around me. It's one of the reasons with the war and stuff going on, it's one of the reasons that I decided to do that because again, you don't have your phone going off or Twitter or things like trying to grab your attention. Um, And then the other, the other side to this is for the efficiency portion, if you virtualize, what does that mean? It means I can have, for example, if you're a trader with 11 monitors, instead of having virtualized spaces, we've talked about this a couple of years ago, um, not having the IT support to come set the desktop up to, to put a monitor here, you know, um, mm-hmm. So there are there are actual like human physiological benefits to that as well. If you get the headset balanced well, um, then absolutely your work your work environment um, can also be set up and it's more secure. I can I can work in a Starbucks. Okay, maybe I can't say things, but I can see stuff that's confidential. You know, for example, yeah. if I'm sitting on yeah. a train. So yeah, yeah. And if, and if there's one more thing that I can that I can mention is that um, there, there was. One more thing that, that Mark Zuckerberg actually mentioned, and that made me understand the, the ad that we discussed last week a bit more. So when he, because when he, they were having a conversation about the difference between the real world and the physical world, uh, the real world and the, the virtual world. And, and 
the the impression that I got from or what he, what Mark Zuckerberg said was specifically that the virtual world he sees it as a part of the real world. So he makes a distinciation between the physical world and the virtual world, but the real world is a combination of those two. And what he sees in the future is that that virtual portion will become more prominent uh, of the real world. But it isn't. Is it is an extension of the physical world, which is which is a, a very different way of thinking. I think of when you look at virtual reality, that it isn't a way of like escaping the the actual physical world, but it's more like an extension to what we have now and seeing that uh, integrated into the concept of the real world, which is interesting. But yeah. I think we're a long way off that because it doesn't feel like that oh, now. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, of but course. but it, that could be argued that this is something like similar to what Musk had said, where your your mobile phone, your cell phone is an extension of the memory mm. banks in your brain. It's like offloading that and putting that to the side. Mm. It's the same thing. Mm. So I appreciate you sharing that idea, Rowdy, because I, I would immediately agree with that concept to say that, you know, what is what is real? And then, of course, you're talking to Morpheus, but <laughs> it's, it's the perception of everything that you're encountering in your existence. And that, of course, combines both, you know, virtual and yeah. non-virtual. So. Therefore, virtual is real. <laughs> We have to we'll update the show name. One. It can't be F Reality anymore. We have to be. Uh... Oh, feel like we've all taken the the blue pill and we're tumbling down the rabbit hole right now. Feels like um, what about the chat? Have they been up to anything interesting over the past couple of weeks? Anything that they want to share with us? Yeah, yeah. We have uh, Oni Case who has been playing Fox Machine and also Cyberpunk. Mm. Something we will be diving into later this show. Uh, also, DLG Twenty Seven has been time traveling in Wanderer. This is also a game you should definitely check out if you have a PC VR headset. Totally. Yep. It kind of got overshadowed by, uh, you know, the Sardar online game, Zenith. Zenith. So, yeah. Uh, then we have Hussein, who has been playing Resident Evil 4 VR 20 hours later, very close to finishing it. Um, Barrow has <laughs> been playing Synth Riders, uh, has finally clicked for him, and he's loving the game. We told you. How many times did we tell you in our show? Yeah. You know, but here we go. He right. saw the light. Many times. Uh, Water UK has been playing Horizon Forbidden West um, and 100% uh, uh, completed with all trophies. Dude, how? Mike. How? Mike. <laughs> how? Uh, uh, yeah. And then uh, last but not least, we have Blem Crutch, who is uh, asking, what happened to Zim's beard? Oh. A little light in there. <laughs> New lighting. This is the thing. Normally, I'm on yellow lighting, so it kind of blends in with the. But there's oh. been gray there for quite some time. So uh, it's oh, right, I thought mate. because of the snow or something. I've got a bit of salt in something. there as well, mate. You, you were painting. You distinguished. I was painting and accidentally painting. just. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's milk. Milk from the morning. That's what that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so things I've been up to the past couple of weeks. I've been playing a, a ton of flat games because obviously it's it's a great time for flat gaming right now. We've had some amazing releases with Horizon Forbidden West. Elden Ring, I've been getting into that, even though it's not normally my kind of game. I kind of got sucked into all the good reviews, been playing a ton of that, really enjoying it. <laughs> uh, also started playing Gran Turismo 7. Absolutely phenomenal looking game uh, on the PS5. I can't wait. Mm. And I, I'm seriously hoping for a PSVR mode for that, for <laughs> PSVR 2. It, phenomenal looking game. All the interiors of the cars fully decked out. 
brilliant. Literally masterful. Also, also sounding game, I guess, because I keep hearing that about those games too, where they sound really like... Definitely yeah. best enjoyed. All of these games are definitely best enjoyed with headphones. Uh, PS5 have got some excellent uh, audio tech built into that console. Uh, but on the VR, VR side, I've been playing uh, After the Falls Horde mode. Uh, got to try that out. They've got two new Horde maps and a new weapon coming. That's going to be dropping relatively soon. And then, of course, I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077 in VR. That's definitely been my highlight, but I'm going to talk more about that at the end of the show, uh, talk about the mod and uh, how I got on with that. So, uh, yeah, talk about that a little bit later on. Um, so before we get into the news, we should probably thank the sponsor of this uh, show, and that is VAL. That stands for the Virtual Athletics League. They're currently hosting the VR Winter Games, which is a series of online tournaments, fitness challenges, and fun events where you can enter and compete for your opportunity to win thousands in cash prizes. They have a ton of fun VR games to compete in, like Blast On and Hyperdash. But if shooters aren't really your bag, don't worry. They've also got stuff like uh, Township Tale. They're running a snap contest where you have to visit locations in-game and take the best photos you can. And prizes are going to be awarded for creativity and style. Or you could channel your inner Rocky by sending in your best boxing ring introduction video and try the fitness-focused endurance mode in Creed's right. <laughs> Creed right to Rise to Glory. So if you think you've got what it takes to take on the VR Winter Games, check out the tournament schedule over at onearena.gg, which we've linked in the description down below. There you go, nice. our sponsor. I should also mention uh, that all the sponsor money from this week's show, we're going to be donating to support the people of Ukraine. If you want to show your support during this time of need, we've added credible support links in the description below along with the sponsor. These organizations, they uh, go out there and they help with crisis situations across the world, along with the current escalation that's going on in the Ukraine right now. So any money donated will help provide essential supplies to families who've had to flee their homes in this time of crisis. Um, I know that a few of you also regularly do super chats throughout the show, but please, uh, you know, for this show, uh, consider donating the money to the causes that we've linked in, th in the description below instead. Um, so yeah, just thought we'd mention that. Um, okay, so let's get into the news then. Let's talk about uh, some VR stuff. And the first bit of news that I want to talk about is um, it looks like location-based VR might be making a bit of a comeback because... As we all know, with the pandemic, location-based VR experiences took a big hit over the past couple of years, and many of the locations were sadly forced to close down. And one of those location-based VR operators was The Void. They had spots around the US, and they also had pop-up events in London and at shows like Oculus Connect, where you could throw on like a custom PC backpack and put on a, a VR headset and jump into an incredibly immersive VR experience with up to four of your friends all sharing the same physical space. Um, I think all of us here have tried it, right? The Void? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did, yeah. did you Love all try it for the first time at, at Connect? Connect, I think. Yeah. Uh, for me, at least, yeah. Yeah. The Star Wars one, yeah. Yeah. Has anyone tried any of the other experiences other than Star Wars? Uh, yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, okay. What else oh, right. was there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters and... Um, Avengers. There was another one. But did Avengers you... never tried that one. I, did it ever come out in the end? I, I think it did, right? I'm not sure because I think it came out and then pandemic yeah. hit. It was very close. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. So you tried Wreck It Ralph? Yeah. How yeah, was yeah. that? <laughs> it was amazing. It's like you know, like Wreck It Ralph is about like going into the internet, of course, right? Yeah. 
It's like you you're in the internet, so you like you sit on this little like like uh, floating platform, and then you see the big city that you also <laughs> see in a movie, and all these like little cars floating by. Awesome. And you have to shoot on like some pancakes, and it smells like that because it's all about you know this four oh. or five D experience, right? Yeah. Like things are rumbling, <laughs> and yeah, no, it's great. It's really fun. <laughs> you're gonna awesome. make me hungry now. And we'll talk about pancakes. <laughs> oh, again, again. Don't talk about food again. Yeah, uh, it's too early <laughs> in the last show. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> so. The experience that most of us tried was the Star Wars one, which was called Secrets of the Empire. And basically, it was kind of like a precursor to uh, Vader Immortal, where you kind of infiltrate Darth Vader's uh, base on uh, the planet of Mustafa, and you kind of go in undercover as stormtroopers. And the cool thing is, I got to try it with John Hibbins from (laughs) SciTech. I was in London at an event, and he was like... He was like, have you tried the void? I was like, no. And he was like, we've got to go, like now. So he dragged me on a train. We went to like um, one of the shopping malls in London and it was a pop-up event there. And we went in and did mm. it together. It was like nine or 10 o'clock at night. It was it was quite late. And I just remember sitting in this 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 room and and looking across and John is like a fully decked out stormtrooper and I'm like high-fiving him. And like the floor is shaking because like they simulate the feeling of being in a ship. And then the when the doors yeah. open, you're on this fiery planet and you can feel the heat like hit the you heat. right in yeah, the that face. Was, that, that was, was the, the most amazing thing for me. Yeah, the, It was to these like heat feeling. subtle things that they did that just made the yeah. experience like so immersive. And it made it yeah. the best location-based VR experience I've ever tried. So, yeah. you know, like Nathy rightly said, they also had experiences featuring Ghostbusters, the Avengers and Wreck-It Ralph. So... When the pandemic hit, it was a real shame to see them shut their doors and them suffer because of this uh, pandemic. Well, now yeah. it seems that as the pandemic has kind of settled down now, they're kind of looking to make a comeback. And the official website, uh, thevoid.com, which has been offline during the pandemic, is now back online. And they've added a statement on there saying that now the void returns bigger, stronger and better than before. Mm. Um, so it looks like they're going to be opening up uh, spots in the US again. So likely mostly going to be in US locations just like before. But then again, you might see pop-ups here and there uh, in other countries. Uh, of course, we'll keep you updated with any more information when we have it, especially revolving new experiences if they uh, uh, unveil any of those as well. But it's certainly good to see them getting back on track and certainly good to see that uh, location-based VR is getting back on track as well. I, I thought they folded. I, I didn't. I didn't realize that they were even still in existence. So um, oh, they did. They did come, fold on their loans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then I'm not yeah. making that up. Um, no. But the fact that they're they're finding their way back is fantastic. I, I just feel like you know it must have been like 1920s, 1930s. You know, cinema was coming out, and you had these places you could go to watch moving pictures. You know, and it's kind of like fast forward. You know, a hundred years or ninety years. And this is our new cinematic experience. Like what the best thing I can imagine is an empty warehouse with like, you know, the equivalent of quests, but again, let's say upgraded. So you can have that kind of land network capability with some kind of physical presence, like what we had with Void, where, you know, you're feeling the the grates, the lava underneath you as you clank over the metal and and something mixed with like a Richie's, um, uh, Richie's plank, plank experience, plank experience. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, tower building? <laughs> Looking for the right word there. <laughs> but like, if you can mix those things, you could have almost, almost no physical presence within the warehouse scale that you've got. And there is something special, uh, just like my experience with John, and I, I don't remember who I, who I played with um, at, at Oculus Connect, but like having those other soldiers there with you, when you're taking mm. on AI stormtroopers, it yeah. makes it feel real. 
and you also felt like you were kidding up and suiting up for war. You know, you like you felt like you were one of the battalion or whatever. And then then when you were coming across things that were risky, again, whether it be height, uh, lava being heat, there's there's some part of your Neanderthal brain that kicks in and says, ah, be careful. You know, even though you know it's not real, <laughs> yeah. that 10 or 20 percent of like caution, cautionary kick in genetic like warning is great. So and I gen- really look forward to this. Do you know what I loved about the Star Wars one? And this is a little bit of a spoiler. So if you're going to go and experience it, maybe just close your ears for like a minute. But I'll basically, put the hand up until you you basically start off as a stormtrooper without any weapons, and then you go into the experience with your friends, and then it all starts kicking off like big time inside. And there's some blasters on the wall, and you instinctively go over and grab a blaster, which is a physical blaster in the real world, and then you start fighting with them. And that Boy. was just like. Next or, level. And, like I remember doing it, and I just grabbed two. Wow! And, <laughs> and then after that, I was like, I was asking, I was like, was I allowed to do this? Like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, they're like six for maybe four people. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. So I was just like dual wielding, like. But that that was tech. epic for me. Yeah. So oh, end yeah, of spoilers. Yeah. A little. I just wanted to give you a little yeah. taste of what it was like. Um, but talking actually, about go on, go on. I, I looked it up. Uh, like what what happened? So uh, indeed, like they, they defaulted on their loans, but uh, they have been acquired by Hyper Reality Partners. Okay. A company that ah, okay, was uh, okay. headed by Adrian Steckel, who was a previous investor and board member uh, at, uh, of The Void. Uh, and uh, it is, has been reported that uh, Hyper Reality Partners has already raised uh, $20 million to get The Void uh, back on its feet. That's, That's reported awesome. by Road to VR. That's going to do well. That's going to do well. Really yeah, I, I really hope so. I really hope that they deserve to do well. Um, I was seeing that Eric Hartley in the chat said that he experienced a Jumanji experience as well. I, I didn't realize that they had one of those. Uh, pretty cool. <laughs> you should try that, Mike. Uh, yeah. Well, well, one thing I one thing that's really surprised me is um, people haven't been so um, overly cautious about getting into headsets, even at like show floors and stuff like that. Like I thought that COVID was going oh. to to make people super hyperventilate over, oh, I don't want to touch this because someone else's face. Yeah, that's what we were spoke about, right? Mm. At the start, yeah, we said like, yeah, our kids are going to be completely like, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like people now are just, they've gone past that point of, feck it. Yeah. Like, I just I just want to do something that's not sitting in my goddamn house. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. and, and and so it's, it's I'm actually glad to see that because the last thing we need is more resistance to this kind of movement mm. into the future. But talking about things that are going to trigger your Neanderthal brain, Zim, you're going to like this because there is another VR location-based experience that caught my eye um, that's kind of been bubbling recently and they're sort of prepping to start opening the doors this summer. And this is a a VR experience called The Jump. And basically what this is is that you put on a custom VR headset, (laughs) which is kind of designed like a helmet, and then you put on a full-on wingsuit and then you literally jump into what they call the world's first hyper-real wingsuit simulator. Sounds totally awesome. Personally, I am absolutely terrified of heights. So for me, trying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this, they would probably have to throw away that wingsuit after Wait, I used it because it would like, definitely be soiled. Is this like Birdie where like you're, you're, you're held and you're just flapping your wings? Or are you jumping into one of those things that I saw? I saw Carlos... Um, do one of these where you jump into like a, oh, an upward wind tunnel, you know, when you're actually supported yeah. by so, air. So I think, I'm just guessing here, but I think you're on a sort of harness, but you're on a physical ledge and you will have to jump off and then you'll have a wind experience blowing and you'll be on a harness, but you'll essentially feel like you're flying Jesus, in a wing Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna. So so it feels like you're gonna bungee jump or something. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently um, they're going to be... 
having locations in both New York and Utah. Uh, like I said, it's going to be New opening, Jersey, uh, New Jersey, and yeah, and Utah, yeah. and they're going to be opening okay. uh, later this year. Um, Eric Hartley in the chat said the jump was also made by a previous Void investor, so they're obviously well versed oh, we with uh, location-based VR experiences. But oh, yeah, these yeah. two, you know, experiences—the Void and the Jump—I think you know it's it's kind of one of these things that you go there and you have such a magical VR experience, especially yeah. for VR first timers experiencing something like this at this kind of level of immersion. If it was me, I'd be just like, right, I need to get this at home. Even if I know I can't replicate this level of experience, I need to get VR at home and sort of at least get a little part of what I can experience here. So like, I think it's a great... Jump off your couch. <laughs> maybe not do that. <laughs> but I think it's a great uh, gateway drug to get people into, uh, you know, buying VR headsets of their own. So I'm, I'm glad that VR, uh, location-based VR experiences are making a comeback. And it is, pers- it is like, I think, I think it's going to persist. I think it's, it's, it, you can't easily replicate that experience, especially the 40 mm. components of it at home, yeah. right? The heat, nice. the rumble, it's very expensive to do that setup at home. And then there's not really much software that you can do. Like even me here, it's a little disappointing that, you know, like, like Denny said on a previous podcast of ours, like they're just people moved away from room scale experiences. And so you really... Once you get the room scale and you're like, oh, there's not that much I can play now. <laughs> and that's sad. why we were so Absolutely. excited when Space yeah. Pirate Arena dropped, right? Because we were we were oh, yeah. so excited to push past the boundaries of room scale. Um, but if you're interested in both of those experiences, the first is uh, The Void, which you can check out at thevoid.com. And the second one is The Jump, which is available at limitlessflight.com. You can check out more information there. Very cool. uh, so the next bit of news is about one of our favorite VR games as a team. Uh, we've talked about this many times on the show, many, many times, oh. and that is Walkabout Mini Golf. And we're talking about it today because it's getting some interesting DLC. I would never in a million years would have guessed this announcement was coming. But Walkabout Mini Golf are teaming up with the legendary Jim Henson Company to bring a fully custom themed 36 hole golf course to the game based on the 1986 movie labyrinth <laughs> it's like when i saw this news i was like what the heck like how did this even happen i would love to know the story about how this happened what a high five isn't it like i mean you, yeah when i saw it in my feed i was like jesus christ they just like you think the team is busy enough with releasing the dlc packs that they are to hit some something like this as well i i don't know it's i was just like i was just like these these guys yeah. are too indie for deals like this but now it's like they it's like a, another step of like maturing to like a next plus it's like it's like freaking mini golf of all things you know yeah. yeah and then you like i don't see i don't see some other games that are not about mini golf that have way more players and more don't strike deals like these so yeah but it's really nice i really, really nice. think if i was in if i was in dev relations for oculus this is what i would do is i would try to purchase walkabout because beat saber is great for your introduction to VR, your first person experience. It'll motivate you to play more VR because, you know, it's exercise and music. But what's your next step? Your next step is social, right? How do I get people socially ingrained in the game? And the DLC packs that they're doing, just like Beat Saber, those things make shed tons of money. So it would be very smart for them to, mm-hmm. like, really get, be the wind behind the sails. And what I don't know is... Is is the Mighty Coconut team interested in a deal with only one platform? Because of course they're across multiple platforms. So, but I'd be really interested if in 2022 we didn't hear news of at least an attempted acquisition. I, mm. you know, I wouldn't be surprised. They are they are absolutely heavyweights in my opinion. Loved them since I first played it, but 
they're killing it right now. And uh, their pipeline looks very healthy. But this is yeah. like one of these collaborations that we never knew we needed up until now, right? You know, yeah. like Labyrinth was one of those movies that I watched like over and over again as a kid. I absolutely loved that film. But it was kind of one of those films that if you've seen it, you'll know that as a kid, it's kind of scary as well because the puppets yes. are kind of grotesque. And it's like um, it's like Jim Henson's other movies, like The Dark Crystal, like with the Skeksis. They're like yeah, also scary. super, yeah. super scary. Um, we don't actually have any footage of like what the game uh, sort of DLC is going to look like, but they did kind of tease an image of the new course um, mm -hmm. uh, with like a I've kind of a, a poster. All oh, right, okay. It's kind of got a crystal golf ball and it shows the back of the character called Hoggle. So I don't know if you know that character Hoggle or remember him from uh, the movie. Um, but yeah, like, like Zim said, you know, previous DLCs for this game have been absolutely gorgeous when we jumped into, what was it? Kitiho Valley? <laughs> Quixote. Quixote, Quixote Valley, that was like so gorgeous. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to do a great job with this one. And I really hope that we get to see some of the iconic characters from the movie, like uh, Ludo, which was like the big uh, guy with the horn um, that Sarah rescues. And then you've kind of got like Didymus, which is the kind of little guy with the fluffy uh, whiskers that rides on the back of the dog. You, you really watch this movie Yeah, he lot, really right? watched this movie I, way more fair, than I did. I did, <laughs> I did do some research because I had to remember, all, I didn't remember all their names, but I do remember the characters. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, dude, oh, really? it's such a classic. It's such it's a classic. Good. But I, I, I just, uh, I have to say, word of warning to the devs, right? I, I think because, like you, Mike, anyone who has their heartstrings into this, this could backfire a little bit because hitting, you know, at that level of experience, like our, definitely the hype train is rolling now, and I, I just wonder, can they do it? Because it, it seems challenging from uh, if you think about mini golf courses and that design mixed with labyrinth, like what are they what are they going to do for this? Well, they've done some with like the gothic setting in the churches and stuff to quite good effect. So I can imagine where that would go. But um, well, also well, remember wow. that they, they have, have to, to, wow with they this. have to, not only like they also have to be careful that they uh, deliver this in a modern way, because a lot of people have never seen this movie, especially the kids who buy yeah. a quest now. Like I, I watched labyrinth like five years ago, I think. After I listened to David Bowie and then someone said he also acted in movies. Then I was looking at some movies and then I end up at this movie, but I never watched it before. Yeah. There is one question that I do want to know. Mike is expert apparently, I didn't know. But <laughs> So there is a worm in this movie and he has a scarf or something on. And I always wondered, how does a worm put a scarf on? That's, that's something I... I <laughs> gets a friend. Gets and, a friend and, to and, help him. And where does the next start? <laughs> That's also like, true. No, but yeah. like, and, and I think what they should do is maybe, um, is, is like tell the story on the golf course. So maybe have like, mm. uh, like someone read it out or you hear a voice, because I do think this needs to be explained. You can't just put some, well, what Mike, like uh, bubbly and hubbly and, and all these like figures, you can put them there, but if no one knows who they are, then it's going to feel a little random. So I hope they're going to well, tell the story of this epic movie you know? if they don't have the bog of eternal stench in there then they're missing a trick that's all i'm gonna say do you guys I, remember like, the bog of eternal stench i do remember that um <laughs> yeah. do, do you like from here I, my brain just goes like it leaps straight to like indiana jones like you could do an indiana jones um related mm. walkabout course you know and yeah i don't know there's just so many other ips they can go for if this is a success and they probably have some lined up already so yeah so but i do, I do think it. i do think nathie's right though like a lot of people especially the younger crowd would have probably missed this movie and they probably don't understand what it is. They might be aware of Jim's, Jim Henson's work due to the reboot of uh, The Dark Crystal, which was on Netflix, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, like mm. you say, hopefully, uh, like Zim said, this is the gateway to future 
sort of DLCs with uh, big IPs involved because uh, I think this uh, is really exciting. But this course is going to be uh, paid DLC and it's going to be coming uh, later this year. So keep your yeah. beady little eyes on that one. Yeah. Did anyone remember the bit nice. of the yeah, just talking about like the labyrinth where, where David Bowie is throwing the kid around at the end and just thought that was terrifying, like that he was gonna drop like, drop his baby? Did, it, did no one does no one remember I that? Don't remember well, I, I, just, I just it, remember so. they abduct his baby and all these like gremlin yeah. trolls are like like screaming around in this weird cavern or it's something. Scary. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's scary as a kid. Yeah, well, yeah. Mike is gonna enjoy this for sure. We we gotta play this with Mike so he can explain us like the whole lore well, of this. Joshua Johnson, uh, Johnston in the chat says, "Bog of Eternal Stench" was my favorite part. So he he knows what I'm talking about. There oh, David Peters, good suggestion. VR Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> that would be cool. Flight of the Navigator. You remember is that? that you know, yeah. Oh, I don't no. Oh god, I'm just so old. Right, okay. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more in like I'm more a little bit in the like Muppets show era. Yeah. That's more my uh, jam. I, I feel like I a boomer. The fact that you guys don't know what Flight the Navigator is. So now we're going to talk I've, about. I've only been watching TV since I have Netflix. So no. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's talk about something. Maybe the the younger kids. We'll, we'll jive with a little bit more. <laughs> Let's talk about Minecraft on the Quest. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, guys, have you heard about that, you know, Minecraft, this thing? Th yeah, this yeah, is yeah, where yeah, me yeah. as a boomer, I'm going to sit back and I say, I don't know nothing about <laughs> Minecraft. So, uh, yeah, because I know nothing about Minecraft or how to play it on Quest, uh, I'm going to have our resident expert, Nathy, <laughs> explain. Expert? <all> You're <laughs> a Minecraft expert, expert now. No, you should put that on your bio on Twitter. <laughs> Um, okay. So go on, yeah, take, it, take it away. Tell us all about uh, Minecraft on, on Quest. How, how, how does it work yeah. and how does it perform? Okay, okay. So apparently you can play uh, Minecraft's Java edition. I, like I'm no expert on this, but apparently it's the yeah. Java edition. It's very important because there's also a bedrock version. Oh. Yeah. Maybe Zim. Zim, can you explain can the difference tell you between all of this the stuff. Java so edition and the bedrock? So what I can't tell you is I can't tell you the most recent stuff. You're going to fill in the blanks there. But yeah, so Java was the original build for Minecraft. Uh, I was in this even back in Alpha when Notch accidentally had a free weekend and got into that and absolutely loved Minecraft from that point. Then I lost about three years of my life. Um, fast forward, yeah, I think I, I think I was actually the first one to do six off VR Minecraft um, and put together a video of how to do it. So this has been possible uh, for quite a while. The new version thing that's come out is more, I think, of a, um, uh, a, a new app to directly load into it. But you can explain to us, Nathan, more about that. Um, but in terms of uh, in terms of VR Minecraft, there there was a there, there's an app from I got a developer called Stella Artois. Uh, that, that, that put together kind of Vivecraft. And Vivecraft was essentially the Java version of Minecraft, the original version, not Bedrock slash Windows 10 uh, version that was recoded by Carmack specifically um, and had some limitations. So for example, Java being my favorite is because it's easy to set up a multiplayer server, run it, um, and networks well with others. So PC to PC works really well. Bedrock, however, code is more efficient no longer, I don't know if it's no longer Java-based. Uh, I don't know what it's based in, maybe it's C or something like that. Uh, but it was it was redesigned so that they could get it on mobile, sell it to kids, right? And then it was quite limited and they've expanded yeah, yeah, upon yeah. it. And they've got it running on, oh, I think it's like 18 different platforms now, uh, the Bedrock edition of the game. But the two are quite similar in terms of what you can do in Minecraft, in terms of the world and stuff. Uh, but they, they're, not, they're not compatible. So you can't cross-play between Bedrock and Java. Um, so Java is exciting because 
obviously it was it was it was kind of designed for this purpose and um, getting it onto Quest is what people have wanted since the get-go. And it's absolutely something that once you play it, if you've played Minecraft in VR before, you probably played Bedrock. And Bedrock had this cool, again, probably John Carmack uh, instigated ability of like a picture frame where you'd start off in a VR environment like virtual yeah, desktop yeah, yeah. that was like flat. You're sitting in front of like a, a TV. And if I think there was either a creeper or a sheep or something in there and you're on a virtual couch... And what you could do is very easily press a, a transition button and yeah. the frame would approach you like this and all of a sudden you were in the game. It was very cool, magical. And that's that was in Bedrock. You um, could play that on the go, right? On the Oculus Go, mm. you could play Minecraft, I think. Uh, there was yeah. a way for them to get... Yeah, and there's obviously problems with... And this was an Oculus official go. way too. This was an official app that you could play and download. Yeah, yeah you, had it, on, you had it on the on Oculus the Quest. Also on the Rift, yes. Oculus Rift store at the time. You had a, you yeah. had it in Oculus Home. You had an ability to play Minecraft. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. since fallen by the wayside. I don't think that actually functions anymore. Ever since Mojang got picked up by Microsoft well, I, and the whole thing got bundled. But I, yeah, I still, still think have it's these two there, but it doesn't work very well anymore. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't able to get it to work about a year and a half ago when I tried. Um, and I, I, I've tried the different flavors. And again, yeah. my favorite is still Vivecraft's version of Minecraft. You can set up a yeah. server. And for example, Nathie, if you and I are both in Minecraft, I can see you raising a pickaxe above your arm. Like, so the, the inverse kinematics of, you know, the tools, you pointing to say, let's go over there. Um, that stuff yeah, works. And that's controls, just magical. Yeah. So this new change, I haven't paid attention this week, but I did see that Minecraft came along. So tell me, um, yeah. I understand it's standalone. It's probably App Lab um, that allows you in. Or how do you get it onto the Quest is my question. Yeah, so so one more thing about Vivecraft, the PC version that most people have played. It has, yeah, as you said, motion controls, but it also allows you to then just like like play it in an immersive way where if you cut down a tree, you have to do the movements with your hands to cut down the tree. And just kind of, you know, like a normal VR game would work, then also you play Minecraft that way. It's a little different with this 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 Quest version of this game, this mobile version. So the way you install uh, Minecraft on the Quest is quite simple. You have like this APK file that you um, um, sideload through um, SideQuest. And then you also unpack this Android folder and you replace some stuff in your main uh, Quest folder. So you just hook it up with like a USB-C uh, cable to your PC. You, you do that and then you go onto the Quest. You go to unknown sources and then over there it will load some stuff in and then you can play Minecraft basically. Ah, you so do just like Half-Life, Doom, Quake, all of yeah. those, it's a very similar side. Yeah, it's, it's very simple. Perfect. And then you change a few settings because you can definitely notice that the the Quest uh, is, well, not that powerful to run a game like this, even that the Quest 2 is, well, quite impressive. Uh, Minecraft is, of course, you know, very uh, CPU heavy. Um, so you have to turn some things down. But it, it doesn't um, take away the experience in any way. It's still great to play it. So, yeah, then, so I jumped in there and I expected to play something similar to Vivecraft. But in reality, that's not the case. So, yeah, you can run around. You can look at your hands. You have these blocky hands. But when you, for example, cut down a tree, you just press this button and then it will just do the motion. Yeah. So it's, it's more like playing this. It's like playing with a gamepad. Um, and your your uh, quest controllers are your gamepad controllers. So like you, when you fight with a sword, you don't have to you can't defend yourself with your. I mean you can do the movements, but you still have to press the actual trigger on your controller to attack. 
Um, and that's something that I wasn't a big fan of. You can get used to it because the thing is for years now, people have been asking for Minecraft on Quest because the audience is quite young on Quest. And there were petitions, they have been asking Carmack, and now they kind of did it, well, the, they went the other way around and someone just put it on there. I think it's still kind of silly that they never made a deal with Microsoft to do it themselves. Now this is here and people love it. People, it's so popular already. I don't know the numbers, but everyone is talking about this. Um, and it works great. It's very stable. Um, but... Yeah, as I said, it, it's not really using the, the the motion controls like you are used to in yeah. Vivecraft. Yeah, so and and Vivecraft is great if you have a, if you have a PC, right? Um, but some of the things that I suppose you're missing out on then are archery, for example. So yeah, yeah you guys exactly, know I like yeah. I like Skyrim, right? But the archery in Vivecraft is amazing. So you can from quite far away, you know, pull a bow back and like take aim and get the projectile drop. Perfect. And it feels fantastic when you're like nailing, I don't know, creepers or whatever from a distance. The volumetric lighting when you're in a cave with a torch, also really awesome to have that. Um, and then, and then, as you said, this kind of option. Not everyone wants to be swinging a pickaxe for hours in VR mode. So the pull the trigger and just let it like auto uh, is, yeah, of course. Is, is okay. The biggest limitation I think that um, Minecraft VR has had over its years and it's you know there have been some mechanism of of getting into vr uh minecraft now for probably four or five years actually longer than that even in 2014 we did it um performance was the first one the second one which i think they've never fixed is if, if you have neck problems don't climb a ladder in minecraft because literally it's like a 90 degree tilt yeah, upwards yeah. It, yeah. like they recently made the world height even taller i think double the the current height so when you're climbing up a ladder that someone has built and you're going and going and going and going, man, that, that that's going to wreck you. Even if you've but got a young rubbery neck. <laughs> it's the the thing is, all these mods we have had so far, like good or not, it just shows that it, like bringing Minecraft to VR isn't that difficult. And I mm. don't know why no one is making this big deal. Like at this point now, like maybe Microsoft's like, listen, you know, if a PlayStation comes with their VR headset and then we just kind of keep this as our, you know, because this is a big thing. Okay, if they have a headset, even if they're late to the party, Minecraft is huge and a lot of kids are playing it. If you can tell people, listen, Minecraft is exclusive to our VR headset, you can only play it on Xbox. I know this sounds far away, but Minecraft is a big deal, you know, like Minecraft you can put against, let's say, uh, Resident Evil uh, Village, you can put it against Horizon, like Minecraft is this like big single player but also multiplayer a title that people play on a daily base um, yeah. so yeah this is this is great and it's very consumer friendly i i still find it very odd that so to be able to play this you have to turn on your developer mode that mm -hmm. means that you have to sign up as a company at meta and when you sign up as a company you see all these tutorials of people saying ah just fill in a name just fill something in and then you see yeah i agree to all the you know uh things that meta this and that you're basically lying, saying that you have like you're gonna develop something and you put like this random name in there. So it's still kind of like it's legal, but it's also illegal, I right think. Uh, but then again, like people want this for so long, so then 
It's got, yeah, I, I still find it odd. It just blows my mind because Minecraft in VR is really fun. It's really immersive. I mean, uh, even I, as someone who, like, I, I did the tutorial. I just played it a little bit. I was like, ah, I'm just going to play for, like, five minutes. I'm just going to, like, show how to make a pickaxe. And then, and then I, 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 I was, play, like, playing a little bit more. I was like, wait, there's, like, so much new stuff here. You have bees now. We have, like, this weird, like, golem <laughs> thing running around. And then I explored a bit more. So I saw, like, this little town. And then I even I, who hasn't played Minecraft for a long time, isn't necessarily the target audience, gets intrigued by it too. And I think if you're then with friends in it, oh, also you can play in multiplayer. VR, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, play yeah. multiplayer oh, wow. too. Okay. Um, you have to, well, this is the funny part, you have to get the server file or the like the multiplayer file from your PC uh, one, from your PC okay. Minecraft. Um, and that's something that a lot of, you see a lot of Quest users are not necessarily people who own a pc or a laptop mm. so you do see people kind of being uh, annoyed by the fact that you still need like they would rather set it up with their um phone so you yeah. have to download all the files on your phone and then do it that way but that's not possible right now right. because i've seen a lot of people say oh you can now play minecraft without a pc but they don't mean without a pc to install it but without a pc to yeah play exactly, it yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean yeah so yeah oh, but cool. it's great i that's can a, totally recommend it's, it it's another good one here so again Exactly like what I was saying about Walkabout, Minecraft, as you said, it's got that Fortnite level of clout. If only the lawyers could get together and agree something, obviously there is a shed load of money there to be made. And it is yeah. a, it's someone, a great experience to do together. Someone must have tried to make a deal. I remember sure. when the when the Rift came out, it came with an Xbox controller. They had a, a collaboration with Microsoft. So everyone who bought mm. a, a, a Rift got an Xbox controller as well. And then I know when people people said like, haha, soon you will be able to connect your Rift to the to the Xbox, right? Never happened. But I, I'm sure behind the scenes, people have been offering that. But I think Microsoft is just going to keep this because Microsoft wasn't necessarily doing so well with PlayStation really having a lot of successes. So I think they're just going to keep this. For Wait, if, if you think about it, it's kind of like Microsoft's metaverse, isn't it? Minecraft, you know? So why not Bro, keep it to themselves? Really, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, no, it, you're right. One tip for anyone who's <laughs> been away from Minecraft but was a fan in before is that they've totally revamped the oceans. They're totally different. And the fact that you can swim <laughs> in the oceans behind dolphins, for example... And oh get a speed yeah, boost. yeah, you can dive, and uh, there's like yeah. vines coming up from the bottom. There's corals. It's very colorful and impressive underwater. So don't miss out on the underwater half of Minecraft. Zim is clearly the target audience. Yes, clearly. No, but but, but the thing, you know, the thing that makes this game addicting, and that's also like why Elden Ring is so addicting right now, and Horizon. It's this huge world. I can go left and and walk for like an hour and and do something there, or then walk all the way back and go the other way. Like you can do whatever. I could dig down and then finally I find like a cave and I can. That's the thing. This game has like unlimited like uh, unlimited possibilities mm. and that's what you don't see on quest like most quest games are party games are games you play for 20 minutes or an hour and then it's finished you got to find another game to play this is a title you buy it once and you can play it for months and months and months and it's not gonna get boring that's the thing so yeah so, minecraft and vr totally approved so if you want to go check it out where do they go watch your video so Minecraft. yeah, you could watch. Well, I mean, yeah, you could watch my video. It's a very simple video, uh, but you can also just look up Questcraft, and then you'll end up on uh, on like uh, a website too. I think like Questcraft is also on uh, SideQuest itself, where you can download the files. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's very simple. If I, if I can do it, then you can do it too. You know. So there you go. Yeah. New new proof. 
One thing yeah, just exactly. to mention there, D1360VR uh, said, now you can join Vivecraft servers from Quest, which is nice. That means you've got existing. This oh. is a big deal, actually. So oh, I didn't that, know that. that means that it's it's not just peer-to-peer um, and pre-existing servers, which sometimes have years of player experience and build-up, uh, are there for you to be able to experience. That's fantastic. So, nice. Thanks nice. for highlighting that one. Well, Jens. I feel like during this show, we've catered for all the different age ranges. You know, we've got boomers <laughs> with Labyrinth. We've got the kids with Minecraft. Now we're going to be hitting the middle ground with oh, okay. PlayStation VR 2. So oh, I feel like that's the kind of audience for PSVR 2. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got some PSVR 2 news. Um, just after the last show, um, PlayStation officially unveiled images of their upcoming PSVR 2 headset. That was the thing. Like we knew a lot of information about the headset, but we hadn't actually seen what it looked like. And although there was, I would say, little information that we could glean from these images, um, there's 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 a few things that we can talk about. So now that we've seen the images of the headset and the controllers, we the obvious thing is that they're both white, uh, which we didn't know before. Previous images of the controllers showed it was black, so there was kind of some indication that the headset might be black, but it's actually white. So it actually kind of looks like the Quest, actually. It's kind of funny. Um, well, yeah. the original PlayStation VR was also white. Yeah, right? it was the first white yeah. headset. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. continuing but the lineage. The one thing is missing that is missing though is the kind of flashy lights. Uh, obviously, on the PSVR one, you had oh, the, the kind yeah. of lights on all four the corners for the light oh, tracking. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. They kind of gave it this kind of futuristic-looking <laughs> vibe, which I kind of really yeah, yeah, liked. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, that's that's missing on this headset because uh, this headset has four. Um, but that was for the tracking, right? As ex well, exactly. The yeah. So yeah, the, yeah, because okay. the PSVR two uses inside-out tracking, it's got a camera on each corner of the front faceplate. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it kind of looks, like I said, like like a quest in that sense. It's a cleaner look, though. It's a more expensive look, which I think is fair mm. because it's also, it is going to be expensive. This is not cheap <laughs> to get into this, right? Set your grand aside now. Maybe we it can... It looks like we, less bucklier. Yeah. yeah, maybe we can do some some predictions on prices uh, near the end. Um, but w what's interesting above the uh, the sensors, the camera sensors, is that there's a little kind of lip. You kind of you might miss it if you looked at just glancing at the pictures. But there's a little lip uh, on the front edge, the top edge of the the headset. There's actually some vents there, um, and it kind of looks mm. like it might be some cooling uh, solution because you got to remember there's no uh, internal processing in this headset because all the processing is done on the PS5 itself. So all the heavy lifting is done by the console. So it shouldn't need too much cooling in the headset itself. It's not like the Quest where it's got a processor that it needs to cool down uh, inside. So it kind of makes me think that this is going to be for the user to prevent the headset from fogging up and uh, keeping the user cool while they're playing. And if that is the case, then I think it's a pretty cool little I feature. I didn't notice that. Is this a, sorry, are you saying that's a forward facing vent or a rear facing vent? No, no, if you if you look, so you've got the front plate with the cameras. If you look just above the front plate, there's kind of like a little ridge. And inset in that ridge is looks like two little vents there. Um, like I said, we don't know the, the, the full details of like what the fans are there for or if they're fans at all. But um, it would be kind of cool if that was the case anyway. Um, another thing that I noticed was that, the, like we said, the headset design, the head strap design is kind of similar to the original PSVR with the kind of large support section that kind of sits it's on your nice. forehead. Um, and Very that nice. has a big cushion at the back with a ratchet dial, so similar sort of like balance as the original one. Have you like like uh, have you ever uh, like of all the heads like have you ever like with the PlayStation VR like having it on, you, like having to adjust it? Like I felt like it never really like wore down on my face or anything where it became heavy. It's like this design is like super nice. I f I found that. I know, I now find that the I, Quest I have Two hair, is, is I have more. Hair, by the way, true. yeah, I true, was going to say true, Mike is going to uh, represent a totally different corner. <laughs> okay, go on. Yeah, go on, I have hair. You uh, don't have hair. Yeah, I always felt sure. that the Quest Two was more comfortable, but 
I do think the PSVR was a very comfortable headset in comparison to a lot of other headsets that are out there on yes. the market. Wait, 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 wait. Quest 2 with a head strap, right? Yes, not with the original <laughs> strap. Yeah, God, no. <laughs> like a water, my head was like a watermelon that was about to explode with like elastic bands being wrapped around it. Anyway, um, so yeah, on the sides of this head strap, though, the new head strap on the PSVR 2, it's kind of got these little star-shaped indentations. And you might recognize them from the second generation PSVR 1 headset. And apparently this little indentation was for your earbuds. I didn't know that. Um, so the headset shipped with little earbuds. They obviously suggest that you use your own headphones if you've got them, but they ship these cheap earbuds just to use just in case in the meantime. And you can kind of slot them into these little like star-shaped slots. You know what they um, remind me of? Uh, and again, this is going to date me a little bit. Do you remember a time when your school backpacks had a, um, like a, 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 oh, a waterproof yeah. grommet for a cable yeah, yeah, from yeah. your CD player yes. and then later became MP3? Yes, yes, like you yes. always had that thing at the top. Um, that was a pain in the ass to use, but I guess if you ever did use it, then fair enough. But I, I just remember those days, you know? That's what it reminds me of, those kind of side little bits that you push the... Little, little bud holders. Into. I don't bud holders. <laughs> bud holders. Bud, Someone's going to be there with two bud lights. They'll stick them into the side of their head. <laughs> yeah. So I think the mm-hmm. idea is, because it's got no built-in audio solution, um, you're going to have to use your own headphones for the best experience. We don't know where the 3.5mm uh, audio jack connector is right now. Um you know, I guess we'll find out in time. Uh, just like the original PSVR, it looks like it will have eye relief. Um, so you can move the lenses closer or further away from your eyes to accommodate glasses, yeah. for example, which is really useful. And it also looks like it's got a proper granular IPD adjustment. So you can really set it perfectly to your right IPD. Was that, is that the dial like, because people spotted a dial on the on the top on the of top. the, not underneath it, so on top of it. Yeah, it looks like the one on top is for the eye relief. So forward and backwards movement. That's what it looks like. We don't know for sure because previously on the PSVR, it was a button that you push down and bottom, then you physically moved it. But it was on it. the bottom, right? Right. That, bu- that button was on the bottom where you moved it. Yeah, so I'm not sure if that dial is, like you say, for the eye relief or maybe it could be for something else. We don't know, but... IPD would, maybe is a weird one because it goes uh, yeah. it goes that way instead of that way. Yeah, um, but who knows? I like yeah. the mechanism on the first one. I have to say, it's one of the smoothest eye relief mechanisms that we've we've had. Mm. You know, it was a very smooth travel forward and back, very easy to adjust. Mm. Had se- several places that it clicked in, um, and actually for for other headsets that kind of hang from the forehead, I don't remember another one that was as comfortable. Every every other headset that has tried to do the hinge or something like that has felt awkward or. Like, like the Windows the MR. engineering is going to break down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Windows MR headsets just don't feel robust, you know? No. That said, I would like to see PlayStation, um, this headset, feel like it could take a kid's knocking around, whereas the first headset, I was always nervous giving my kids that headset because it was kind of frail, just a mm. bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Is it kid-proof? That is the question. They were the first Oops. one with that, with that Halo design as well, I think, no? Yes, they were, yeah. Well, this, the, 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 I'm sure like this one is also going to be hafter proof. I feel like a lot of headsets are made very nicely to, but if you drop them, you're kind of screwed. But also PlayStation VR, like one, I, like I've been throwing around with it because after well, you found out it was just kind of unbreakable in that sense. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to see a thrill seeker video where he chucks one of these into his laundry. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I'd like to see that. I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, at the back of the headset, we've also got a fixed cable connection. So it's not one that you can pull out. Um, so it's going to be fixed in place. So if the cable breaks, you might be kind of screwed in terms of being able to replace it. It does look like a like it's properly you know 
solid yeah. in there. It doesn't look like you can replace it. So, yeah. Be... But I mean, it, it looks like the same design as the first PlayStation mm. VR. So I don't, they, they like, I feel like they make things too. They just know people are going to throw with these things. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. I, I hope it's robust and it you know doesn't break. Because like you say, if something like that breaks, then it normally means a replacement headset yeah, right. rather than a replacement cable. Which and they especially must be testing with, stuff. with what we were talking about on the last show with iFixit, you know, um, having the index on there and you can buy replacement parts now. I'm I'm, I'm all kind of for that consumer fix it thing. Yeah. Whereas, but this is like this is like consumer consumer. Like for example, Valve Index, those controls. You know, if you use it, give it to a nor like a normal consumer, they're gonna break it. Yeah, like mm. everything of this like design also the controls just scream like you can throw it against the wall and they just they still work i hope so that's hope what so. i think but yeah. uh... also i kind of thought that i don't know if it's just because of the pictures but the cable angle kind of looked a bit weird hopefully yeah, it's just the way that the, the back of the head strap is kind of positioned in the picture but hopefully it will kind of run down <laughs> your back rather than your front <laughs> because you really don't want that, you really don't want it getting that, in the way that like unchained like the like cable debacle 2.0 oh, where yeah. first it was about the cable then it was about the angle, the angle of the cable, of the cable yeah. and then funny <laughs> enough if you look at the people who discuss it are the people who never owned a uh, PlayStation VR or one before have any intention of buying one <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and have a quest too and are afraid it's gonna have better games yeah. Yeah. Just we're saying talking about the cable the thing I'm most interested in and I, I hope Sony will have thought about this. Your PlayStation 5 is an expensive bloody console. Difficult to get hands on one in a lot of markets, right? Um, I would like to see that the, the connector from the headset at the console side is a mag connector, magnetic, so that if you pull it by accident, someone steps on it, trips on it, turns, it's not going to yank the console. So if mm. that's not there in their design, I would strongly recommend get one. Get one that's good for like a you know, a laptop or something and get that connector so that if you do pull it away, you're not <laughs> yanking your console down to your floor. It's not a bad shout. I think it's probably a, you know, if it worked, if something like that worked, then that's something I would recommend because like you say, that is a danger, especially if it's on like a, an entertainment unit or something like that, you could pull the whole entertainment unit down. So yeah, I think that but is wasn't a, that Wasn't that the thing they solved with the first place AVR where you had like the the uh, little um, box, box. Yeah. and uh, if you would then pull it out, it would first pull out of the the the, the box mm. instead of the those, you know those, the those connectors were pretty firm though. And that, then the rest, remember no. they like locked in? There was like a locking mechanism in the in the, ver in the first version of that. Um, I I really thought that from an engineering perspective, Sony made a huge problem <laughs> issue with the with the Morpheus, the first headset, um, because Morpheus? having having three quarters of the way down your body length a dangling box, yeah that was terrible that was stupid. terrible. Absolutely. Oh, you mean the, vo the volume uh, thing? No, 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 the little no. Like, connection box. The yeah. connector box. Yeah. So you're yeah. talking yeah, about, the, about the, the lapel. White thing. The, the yeah. lapel located kind of chunky connector for the 3.5 mil jack. It had the volume buttons, right? And then the fact that yeah. that connected perpendicularly as well was also ridiculous. So that cable setup on the first version was just atrocious. I really hope that we're going to see some sparks this time around. Um, anyway, Sony the, has good designs generally. But so. the cable angle pretty much tells, like if you look at it now, it pretty much tells people you have to put the cable on the back because what you saw with Rift when people got it, they always had the cable in front of them hanging mm -hmm. there. And because they put the cable angle that way, it will always point behind them going to their backs because they you'd never want to have the cable in front of you. You're going to yeah. trip over, you're going to get stuck in it, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so controller-wise, we didn't learn anything new about the controllers other than the fact that they're going to be white. Um, the most important thing, wow. obviously, we don't know right now is the fact that like, we don't know when this headset is going to launch. Now, we did have some information from Brian Paul over at uh, PSVR YouTube channel, PSVR Without Parole. He suggests that he's heard from numerous sources that the headset is unlikely to release until Q1 2023, um, which would hmm. kind of suck, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, because especially because they've been teasing stuff now, for it to be a year off still, that would really suck. But his kind of rationale behind it was that there isn't enough PS5s out there in the wild, yep. which I do kind of understand. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I would prefer it to be end of this year to hit the holiday because that would be a prime yeah, time for them like, to sell Q1? the most headsets. Yeah, they would be Q1 kind of missing a big opportunity, like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why would you think they would do it if it was true? Maybe delay in sourcing parts. But like I said, so because I'm getting more PlayStation VR, like PlayStation fives out as well. Potentially, yeah, potentially. But no, I don't know. I really hope not. I really hope not. But this is just selfishly from my own personal reasons that I hope not. Because you know, I, I... but they 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 could they could pull it off. It wouldn't be a disaster necessarily. Mm. Because they're like, who else is gonna bring us some some crazy games? Well, like I said, Cambria is likely going to happen at the end of the year, but this is going to be more dedicated to productivity, like like Zim talked about at the beginning of the show. So a dedicated, you know, gaming VR headset, you know, that's, we're, we're really sort of banking on PlayStation delivering here. So the fact that it's going to be later than we anticipated is is disappointing, of course, but... Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and yeah, see I what they officially it, I say. I find, it a, I find it a strong rumor. Uh, like, we're going to find out this month if this rumor is true or not, because we do expect as far as i know like i'm maybe i need to speak for myself but i do expect pre-orders to happen this month well that, that was that was our prediction right on the show that pre-orders yeah. would happen state in March. Of, maybe the state of play like there's a state of play coming there soon. is a state of play coming yeah uh, and then they might like listen you can now pre-order this yeah. thing and go get it and also gdc is around the corner previously back in 2016 yeah. they did a big True. event at gdc so maybe that's when we'll sort of finally see it in the wild running games, you know, properly and we'll get more details about the release window. But I just thought I'd throw it out there that that's the current rumor floating around right now. I'd be surprised. So, I, I, I would honestly be surprised if it, if it comes out in, in, in 23, given, given the, the push and marketing that they've already done. It really so doesn't feel like they're going to push it. Across the board, we all think it's still going to be 2022 despite this rumor. Yeah, because why would you reveal the headset now? If it would be 2023, then you wouldn't have revealed your headset, neither, like also your controller, you wouldn't reveal yeah. them now, then you would still wait. I, right? I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm going to be really annoying here because I think in terms of, sorry, Mike, I cut you off. It was a delight. I, I, yeah. I just think you're right. You know, if, if you go into the efforts of, of showing trailers for games, you're showing the headset yeah. off, you're showing all the specs now, yeah. why would you yeah, do gap, that? The gap becomes way too yeah. big. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, the, the, the thing I was going to say was, even if, given the positioning of PS5 hardware, if they did a uh, regionally phased release because of that, they could target a certain market. So, for example, and it would be annoying, but they could just target the Asian market, release there, and then launch three months later in the North American market, right? And then three months later after that, do Europe... I know we don't want that, but I'm saying that if 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 the problem I would riot. is I would riot. Zim. I know, and you wouldn't be the only one. But we've seen it before with other consoles, right? We just and the trouble is supply chain. 
the world's supply chain has really taken a hit in this in this space. Yeah. And so they're going to have to make some hard decisions. So do you delay the entire launch? Do you release in phases? Uh, do you, you know, target certain markets with that with that equipment? I, I think I the only thing that that would explain something like this is some unforeseen problem or shortage of component or something that is beyond their control that they have to push it back. Personally, I, 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 I still I, think I, they. I feel like the install base. I think there is enough consoles out there to still justify the launch because you've got to remember it's still a niche product for this platform anyway. So. I, I think what like what could happen, and this is what they also did with PlayStation Five. They they launch it in like a limited amount of like you know uh, headsets that they could make, and they'll they'll just not give give you all the games just yet. I mean, when like you know when you uh, bought the PlayStation Five when it just came out, there wasn't that much to play, and even like now it starts to pick up a little bit. Now there's so much to play on the console, so it could be that you have the headset. But there just isn't necessarily like everything is gonna come out yet on the, you know, the the software side. That could happen where they just kind of let people use them as test monkeys to kind of get everything, mm-hmm. you know, going, and then I think, just build up from there. Just uh, I, I think yeah. it largely it largely depends on like, like what is the priority of the PSVR two headsets currently at PlayStation? I, I think I think a lot depends on that question. Um, I, I, I'm still not entirely convinced, even though they're putting a lot of efforts into this now, that, you know, this will be their, I mean, it's not going to be their flagship product, right? It's still the PS5 that is their flagship product. And that is what their, their main, this is more like a, a step into a new market that they want to be part of. And if they don't seem that as valuable or the, or the market not big enough to actually like invest big on that during the holidays, then maybe indeed they, they aim for that marketing campaign maybe in the beginning of next year. But I think you know, I think it depends a little bit on, on how, how, how they see uh, the VR well, they, market and the size of it. But I think well, they have been pretty vocal about the fact that VR uh, has become very important to them after the success of the first PlayStation. And also, if you're Sony and you're seeing the sales spike of quests over the holidays, you know, like you missing that opportunity, that holiday window is going to be a big deal for them. So for them to push it beyond that, there must be a real, there's either a big problem going on internally mm-hmm. or, you know, the rumor's wrong. I, I, I think feel, I might I feel like what this I'm is twofold. If... Righty, go on. What, what I meant is like, I, I don't think that they want to be, for example, competing with PS selling PS5s, uh, competing with selling PSVR2s for the holiday season. Because what, 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 like a lot of people, if they have to choose between buying a PSVR2 or buying a PS5, if they don't have the PS5, they're going to go for the PS5, of course, because you need the PSVR2. Uh, you, you need a PlayStation in order to, to play with the PSVR. So what I'm mm. thinking is like maybe indeed like they want to increase that market first for the PS5 uh, up to a point that they're comfortable and they don't want to be competing with another product uh, for the holiday season. I, I think the PSVR 2 will just push the sales of the PS5 even stronger and I think they will be I, even I harder to find and I think it will probably drive the scalper the market even more. But um, demand isn't an issue here, right? Like can yeah. we agree that like PS5s being in demand is not a problem supply it's like you keep but yeah. you keep hearing like this this like uh, idea of that it's really hard to get one but if you want to have one you can get you can, you find can one. get one yeah 
and also the, I think the real PlayStation fans have one already. The the the, the real VR enthusiasts mm-hmm. who want to play with the PSVR two already have a PlayStation right now. Of course, the consumer <laughs> market, like people who bought like the Quest two in like December. That's like a total different group of people. But, uh, <laughs> Beat you up. Uh, okay, okay. Before we should probably cut it off there because we are running yeah, on a little yeah, bit, yeah. and it, this Let's is all yeah, speculation yeah, yeah. at this point. And we're just, we're just, yeah, yeah. To be honest, we're just wishing more than anything else that it's going to be this this Christmas rather than next year. Please. Can I just um, add one small thing, sure. Mike? I, Go on. Um, something that really, really, um, it just occurred to me there when we were talking about the cable. I would really like to see that the PSVR two headset now that it is at the far end is just a usb connection that it is able to connect to a pc and yes. run a windows vr game i think yes. that would be very smart for sony because you'd be cock blocking yeah you know oculus link solutions and you're totally. saying and at the same time you're kind of tag teaming against the current you know uh yeah. main market eliminating the need for a ps5 which is still their main yeah. flagship true plus there is a playstation pc division since last year and it wasn't there before and they have so been they collaborating are... with steam just recently but we did we did talk about this this rumor a, wow this a while is a ago. deep rabbit hole yeah, yeah so yeah. interesting anyway uh, we, we don't work know <laughs> yeah we don't know we, we don't, don't know we don't know but we, we do want something what i do know is that if they don't officially support pc the the community will find a way. I know that for sure because they did with the original, and the original was yeah, but it was horrible. really hard. Yeah, yeah, it was really so, hard. That's, there yeah, we go. Anyway, true. Enough of PSVR two. Pray for for release this year. If not, <laughs> then it's going to be next year, unfortunately. But you're gonna you're gonna quit. We're gonna quit YouTube and it, delete your channel. It, Thank you. In the meantime, you can draw over the images uh, which are online. Uh, it looks like a beautiful headset, so I'm hyped for it. Yes. Anyway. Moving on, let's talk about one of the biggest releases uh, from last week, because that was Vox Machina, unless you've been living under a rock. It released on Quest, uh, which also coincided with the launch of the game's single-player mode, which I was pretty excited about on the last show, because, you know, I'm a big yep. fan of Vox. I was excited the fact that it was getting a single-player mode, so uh, I checked it out this week. I think Zim <laughs> has been checking it out as well. Both, yeah, multiplayer and single. Mm-hmm. Go on then, Zim, what do you think of this so far? I, I, I mean, I read a, uh, an article from, from Ben Lang that I think uh, did a very good uh, job of giving justice to both halves. I think the single player is a tryhard. Um, the first couple of hours, it, it's, it's basically, it starts off with like trying to build up characters in a way that you maybe wouldn't expect. You'd think they might shortcut it, but they went for something quite ambitious, like almost like squadrons, building up a story, characters... Uh, you have a character, you're a named character, and there's others that you're kind of working with. You have partners. And I should you know? stress this is this is outside of the mech. So there's there's missions where outside you're in the outside of the mech. So this yeah. is there's missions where you're in the mech, obviously, and then these like uh, I would say interludes between missions. Yeah, you are actually a, a person on a in a base. Right? Yeah, you're in you're you're in a ship or something, and you're walking through corridors, meeting you know a robot or a captain or a chef or something, and having conversations with them. Honestly, if they cut, if they edited all of that out and they left just the missions where you were, uh, you had characters that you were working with, like doing a patrol and, and, and stuff, I think it would have worked better, unfortunately. So the so multiplayer is, before you move a, on to I'll the call mo- it a, yeah, before you move on to the multiplayer, let's talk about that because I feel sure. exactly the same way you do um, in that I became increasingly frustrated with these sections. <laughs> uh, and because the problem is, 
you know, and and hats off to Space Bullet because I think they did an admirable job porting this game from PC to Quest. I think they did an amazing job. The game does have some ugly textures in the environments, but for the most part, they've retained the whole feel of piloting a hulking mech, which I'm super happy about. But these kind of interludes where you're on the base, this is where my main gripe is with the single player mode, because these characters... I'm sad to say they're poorly animated. Um, their 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 movements clip their own body. The, I don't know what they've done with their lips and their teeth, but it just looks <laughs> like the dental like, work is amazing in this game. Yeah, it, 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 it's awful. Um, and and the thing is, they're talking about trivial things like what food they're eating and all this rubbish that just feels like filler. It just feels like nonsense. And the problem is, you can skip through it. You can't skip the the section in its in its entirety, but you can skip through the dialogue. But then you then are asked to do a fetch quest, for example, because you need to fetch something from some other side of the base and bring it to them. But because you've skipped the dialogue, you've missed what they've asked you for. Yeah, so it becomes this nightmare loop oh. that you can't escape, and you just want to be back in the mech again. Yeah, but this Did is you... this is dude like what you're talking about here. Like making a game like like that is so ambitious. That's like kind of exploring like what you like play with Elden Ring and stuff like that, where you become make it bigger, but then you have to create characters but... that talk to you and stuff. And if they never did that before, then it kind of falls through the you know the floor. But I think what Zim made a really valid point, and that is that the story could have been told with you in the mech seat with you pilot in the seat because at least then you would be doing something you would be looking at the environment you'd be walking around you'd be flying you'd be jumping you'd be shooting all while the story is fed to you but while you're just standing there for yeah. five minutes being like front-loaded a bunch well, of dialogue you know what I think they should have done? irrelevant yeah, like, to the story it's just it's awful i'm yeah, sorry I, I think what they could have done uh to address this and not lose any of the assets for the hours and hours of dialogue that they recorded there's quite a lot is they could have made that non-interactive. And I think that the, at the fork in the road where they said, I want to go interactive, unfortunately, to an extent, they forgot it needs to be fun if it's interactive. Um, I found that a lot of the dialogue, <laughs> they, try to, they, they try to be funny. And <laughs> a lot of times it's cringy or, or kind of comes off just dumb um, or just misses the mark. Uh, the characters, none of them felt real. They, they, they actually all felt... Flat, but, um, but but that's the thing. Like when you're in the pilot seat and you're seeing the characters on the little screen, it's more it, convincing seeing them on the screen 100%. than it is standing in front of them. Hundred percent. Which is why they should have made it yeah. into like an animated. You have the 3D environment. They put lovely detail into the it ship, is. into the into some of the characters. Provided you're not seeing that connection between the freaking hands and the arms and yeah. and then the mouth, as you said, those things are just very rough. Um, yeah. But I'm not here to nitpick on it because. On, on one side, you have, I'll call it a near-perfect port. And I see it near-perfect because I've had at least one, and I've had other players report multiple, crashes out of the multiplayer experience, where you're in the middle of, a, of an environment, you're gelled with a team, you're, you're piloting a mech. Uh, the PC build, if you play that, gorgeous. Shadows, lighting, all these volumetric effects are really cool. On the Quest version... They've even got some stuff that I'm kind of surprised made it in. Um, and and like the sounds of the game, the feel of the different mechs, the yep. way that they work, it's all seamless. As, a, as an experienced like Vox player, it, you piloting those mechs feels exactly like it did on PC. That's where we have to applaud them. Space Bullet totally. did a fantastic job. Totally. And, and honestly, to give a spine to a game that could be a... Dust Bowl in six months' time, right? Like most multiplayer games have have difficulty in VR, you know, maintaining a player base. 
at least they've got that spine and it is playable. It's just you're not going to probably enjoy pieces of it and you'll be waiting in what feels like being in a queue, what should have been maybe a two minute film, and you'll struggle with 20 or 30 minutes of wandering around the ship talking to characters doing fetch quests yeah. when you could have been doing something active, like you said, Mike. Yeah, because there's some there's some amazing moments. Like when you get into the mech for the first time, you you, you sort of drop down a lift and you're sort of seeing this, the full scale of your mech, and that is awesome. You get into the driver's seat and you're being like pushed up this massive lift into the open environment. Totally amazing. The fact that the the cabin shakes and rumbles, like I said on the last episode, it feels great. It just is just like I said, it's just a missed opportunity with a single player. I didn't jive with that much, but I do think the multiplayer is still really where this game shines, and I think they've did a great job bringing this game over to the quest. So I think if you're looking at this game, I would say consider the single player, but just note that you're going to have some frustration potentially with the NPCs um, around this kind of base. But the multiplayer is still where this game game shines, Do, in my opinion. I, I've but, said this before, right? Uh, on a VR multiplayer title, this is not where you say, I'm going to wait and play this in three months' time. Play this now. Like, if you're going to be playing this game, play this now, buy it yeah. now, get in with other people. Um, it's, it's really great to experience, you know, a Dune-scale sandworm. Yeah. Eat an enemy right in front of so, you. So this is it's so this is kind of like the, the Call of Duty of VR, where you know no one cares about the single player, just go straight away to the multiplayer. Sadly, sadly, yes, and and uh, that's from someone that was very much looking forward to the single player. The missions themselves are good. I'll give them that. It's just these interludes are just too painful for me. Um, I think they could fix it. I honestly think they could fix it. This is an editorial decision, um, and I think that, for example, Mike, you said when you're when you're going up that lift and you're seeing the full body of the mech. I feel like developers get trapped in, I put a lot of work in this, I want to show it off. But if mm. you're controlling the camera, you need to understand that showing that off every time you transition to a level, there's no information value in that to a player. I I've seen the Mac. Cool. I don't need to see it again. Unless... I think it's cool. <laughs> no, 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 but yeah, no, so I'm saying, show yeah. it once. But did you play enough in the campaign that you're, you're seeing it every time you go no, to I a did, level? No, I did, I did. I was about five okay. levels in, yeah. Okay. I was about halfway because, through. Well, I want to ask you a question then. I think I saw um, my mech damaged after a mission when I was quite heavily damaged. And as they were scaling me up back into the ship, I saw my damaged mech as I was loading up. And when I'm going out again, it's fixed. If that's the case, if that's true, then I can forgive it. But otherwise, I think they should be skipping that part. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But one right. thing about the multiplayer that I really like is the radio. And I think we've mentioned this in the show before, that you've got like a radio that you can grab and that's how you talk to your teammates. It's just, it's just so freaking cool. So like, although I've got some negative thoughts about the single player, like I said, the multiplayer is great and it's worth buying it for that alone, I think. And, you know, especially if you crave a mech game, you know, it's not like you have uh, a lot to choose from on Quest. So, no. you know, go and check it out. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, Iron well, Rebellion well, well, is its uh, closest competitor, but it, it's in alpha. It's not ready yet, right? So you unless, can't compare Yeah, unless Skydance is like, hey, you know, Walking Dead was great. Let's uh, revive our like uh, Archangel uh, series yeah. and do something with that. Yeah, that was a bit more arcadey though. Um, True. Yeah, but it had also moments where you just stood still, and those were like action packed, and it wasn't really a problem yeah. when you were just standing still. It's, so. it's funny. Both Arcanian and Eric Hartley in the chat mentioned that the guy that. <laughs> the voice is Frank oh, yeah, sounds like me 
and, and, yeah. and people were like, did you voice Frank from uh, from Vox Machina? I'm like, dude, I did not voice this guy. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It, it does you. sound a little <laughs> like you. He sounds lot. like Mike on a dose of, like a small dose of helium. Wow, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm open for voice work, so if you want me in your game. So this is why you this is why you hate on the game. Like, it, it didn't sell so well, and now you're you're in panic because you're the protagonist of the game. <laughs> well, so ever, you're now like, oh, oh, oh my God, what's happening? If there's ever I, DLC... I just, I just want that... I just want to find that voice actor and like bring him on the show so we can hear Mike talk with him. My, my, oh my, yeah, my voice yeah, double. dude. Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mike, Mike is saving his reputation here. It sounds like. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. For the so, DLC, we'll just get PSVR Frank to voice a character called Mike. <laughs> so, so just to, just to round up the Vox yeah. Machina bit, would you buy this? Would you recommend buying this, Zim? It's a consider for me, right? It's I mean, a consider I, I, for me as well. And if you're yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna purchase it. Purchase it in the next two months, right? Yeah. After that, yeah. You you could be facing a ghost ghost land. You could be facing a ghost town. But right now, it is the best mech simulation you're probably going to see in the next two or three years. So don't miss it if you're a mech fan. Well said. Well said. Okay. Last topic of today's show: Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) Have you? Have any of you guys actually played this game? I should ask that. Well, I'm still waiting for a discount. <laughs> Dude, you, just, you just missed it. You just missed it. It was 50% off I, until I know, the first but, month. But, yeah, I know, but uh, I, I bought something else. Well, we Would all bought buy? something well, else. Would you buy? Well, uh, listen. Well, after the show. <laughs> okay. okay. Maybe next week. Okay. Maybe next so, week. So, so, so for me, we it's like I did, not, I did not play it. I was very, very, very hyped for Everyone this game. Was, yeah. So my first question is, before uh, we get into this whole VR uh, spectacle, mm-hmm. mm. did they fix this game for once at least? Is this game fixed? Yes. Like, and not not only from the like uh, um, performance part, but also just storyline wise and and just the way it kind of flows. Okay. You know. So so if you don't know about Cyberpunk, it launched really really badly. Okay, it launched yeah. way back in what December twenty twenty. Um, yeah. And it got it, it was such a bad launch. Yeah. No 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 man's sky bad. Full like of that. bugs. Uh, well below players' expectations, so much so, in fact, that PlayStation pulled it from the <laughs> yeah, official yeah. PlayStation Store, which is like never un- happened before, unheard of. Exactly. Yeah, ouch. Yeah. So yeah. I-, I was hyped, just like you were, Nathy. I bought the game, but knowing all the crap that was going on with the launch, I just didn't play it. I just I bought it. It sat on the shelf, and I was like, I'll play it one day when it's fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here we are, like well over a year later, Cyberpunk. 2077 has kind of had like a, a relaunch of sorts. They kind of launched, mm-hmm. they call it... Yeah, some big patches, right? Huge, some big, huge like, patches, uh, huge upgrades and, to the game. And the, the reviews have completely switched since that time as well. They have. There, there's still a lot of negativity out there, but there is mm-hmm. much more positivity about the game. Um, but for me, I, I yeah, I hadn't played it. So then I found out that Luke Ross, the guy that made the previous mods that we've talked about on the show, such as uh, mods for GTA V, Red Dead Redemption 2, and like Mafia, um, he he was making a mod for Cyberpunk, and he was like, do you want to check it out? And I was like, I've never played the game, but I'd love to check it out in VR for the first time. So that's exactly what I did. So I, I went in completely in VR from the very beginning. And I just fell in love with this game. Like, um... The the mod. Let's talk about the mod itself first, because the mod is just like the other mods that he's made, in that it uses alternate eye rendering, which is a problem for some people because it can cause stuttering. Uh, it doesn't have motion controls, so you're going to need a gamepad. Um, gun play means that a gun is going to be strapped to your face, and you're going to be aiming with the headset. Same as GTA, same as Red Dead, same as Mafia. So 
as long as you know those things going in and your expectations are set accordingly, I think you'll have a good time with it. Yeah. The other thing to note, though, is that like Cyberpunk is a super performance-heavy game flat. Running this in VR is no small feat, and I was running this with an RTX 3090, getting around 60 frames per second whilst recording, which is mm-hmm. rough, and that's with low settings in-game. But despite it having low settings in-game, it doesn't look low in the headset. It looks phenomenal in the headset. And that's the big caveat for me, was being in this world and seeing it in VR was just breathtaking because Night City is this like vast detailed city that has got so much detail in it, so much going on, and it's got these wonderful characters. Like this is something that CD Projekt Red does extremely well, like making believable and lovable characters. And the characters that you meet in this game are so phenomenal. And because you're in VR, well, because I was in VR experiencing it for the first time, I really felt like I was there. And I had these moments, and there's a moment in the video, uh, hopefully, that that Rowdy will show. Mm -hmm. But in a very early mission in the game, you're sent off to fetch a prototype robot from a gang that have kind of, like, taken it, um, called the Maelstroms. And you go in there with your your buddy Jackie, who's an awesome character, by the way, as well. You go in there, and they're these kind of, like, jacked-up, cybernetically enhanced dudes with, like, red glowing (laughs) bits on their face, and they're, like, super intimidating. And you go in there and there's like a boss guy called Royce and he gets like so up in your face and he points a gun right in your face. And it reminded me of that moment in PlayStation VR Worlds, the demo, where Mm. you do the heist (laughs) and you get like interrogated by the the thug. And it's that level of like presence and intimidation that I felt in this game that I hadn't felt almost since that PlayStation VR Worlds demo and maybe some of Blood and Truth as well. So it, it... it's those kind of moments are very rare and that's why I'm a big advocate of trying it in VR if you've got the specs. Not because it's mm. like amazing to be played in VR because the gunplay is rough, like I said, and, you know, the frame rate is bad. But when you get no. that feeling that you've got a connection with a, char- with a virtual character, it, it's that split second that's like game-changing and also yeah. very, very addictive it, 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 that made me want so to keep, what you're keep saying on playing. Is basically like, like, so, so gameplay-wise, not necessarily great in vr but if you could only cut out all the scenes all the cinematic scenes and you would just experience that from start to finish that's all like being in this movie almost and just experiencing that totally and it's like so unlike vox where you just stand there and you know you don't feel a connection with the characters because their animations are a bit awkward and wonky and uh the world isn't particularly believable because it's like kind of low res in this world it's like super high res there's like detail everywhere you've got like a character that's like talking to you that's smoking or whatever and there's like a a hologram stripper on the table here and there's just so much going on in the world at the same time and then there's another example where you go and visit like the ripper doc who's the kind of guy that kind of upgrades you as such and he's like putting an eye implant in your face and it's like right in your face (laughs) and your your hand is like strapped into a like a, a, a lock and it's being upgraded like for a, an implant in your hand and you're looking down at your virtual body and you just, like I said, it's just this feeling of presence that this stuff is happening to you that you just don't get in many VR games with this level of graphical detail um, mm. and, and you really start to believe it and you feel is, like is that Is it character. a bit like what, 
this is exactly what we spoke about with the Gorilla Tag developer, where he said like the game, it's not, it's about like really feeling like you're in there, you forget that you're, you know, and these kind of games do a very, you know, great job at that. Right. And that's what you're longing for. The for crazy a long thing time about already, you know, the crazy, totally. a little bit of science section here. The crazy, the crazy thing about that is, is that your brain will actually start making those things real, so you can actually physically experience pain through your brain. Uh, by uh, something like it's, it's an association that you have. You have a very famous test where someone has like a rubber hand next to you, uh, which replaces kind of like your, your arm that you have. And they keep on uh, um, like pretending that they're hitting like, you know, with a, with a hammer somewhere. And all of a sudden they slam with a, with a hammer on, on that rubber hand. And you actually feel the sensation of like, oh, I just, I just got hit. Well, it's a rubber hand that they mm -hmm. hit. It's a, it's a, it's a very amazing uh, kind of way to see that being that that feeling of 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 presence that they yeah. can be actually in the virtual world that you you actually feel the kind of things that are happening to you. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, Rowdy. There was DLC for Resident Evil where they were doing <laughs> things to your hand. Let's totally. say, totally. And you get you do you do experience some sense of that, and I also find it's it's difficult in in VR games, you know. I don't, maybe you had it, you know, once or twice in VR, but if you turn a gun on yourself type of thing, like that's difficult to do the first couple of times because it, you know, there's, there's a connection. And I think that's all to blame your mirror neurons, right, for that. And that's, that's also where humans tend to, you know, trigger on empathy from. You see someone else, you, you, like if someone's eating ice cream, right, back on ice cream today, I don't know why. Um, but like if someone's eating ice cream, you, your brain will have you taste it to some extent, you know, it's mm. the same thing here, but with pain. But yeah, like like you said, Rowdy, it's that sense of presence that became almost addictive for me. And then even after I'd recorded my video, I was just going back and playing it in VR just because I wanted to experience more of those characters and the, the interactions with the characters. Um, and I'm much further in now. You know, I've kind of met Keanu's character, which is really cool. And there's a really amazing story arc there. And I think that's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm, I love that kind of sci-fi, cyberpunk world you know, like, like like getting augmented. There's scenes where you do like a, what they call a brain dance, where you jump into like a kind of like a VR experience within and you're in VR as well. So it's like VR inception and you're kind of manipulating a scene from someone's memory. Um, the Like, yeah, I, like I said, I've just fallen in love with this game. So although the mod is kind of rough around the edges, you know, you, you do have to make sacrifices um, and it is kind of low frame rate. If you've got a system that can run it, a lot of people have been commenting on my video saying that they've got like a 3070 or a 3080. They've been able to tweak some settings and get like a decent frame rate. When I wasn't recording, I was probably able to get like maybe up to 80, maybe sometimes even yeah. 85 frames per second, yeah. which is a bit more playable. Um, but yeah, I fully intend to finish this game playing it in VR. And it's one of those ones mm. that, you know, I enjoy GTA. I enjoyed Red Dead. You know, I didn't play the Mafia one, but... I fully intend to go back and finish this in VR because it was such a cool but experience. It, it, like, it, it just shows the problem we have in the VR scene with such a like dry period after Christmas that you're willing to completely finish this game. And yeah, like the, the I, I totally believe you. Like I play a lot of four pack stuff too. I think cutscenes are always super magical, like Bioshock or other. It doesn't matter what it is, it's just great. But then the gameplay isn't because the gameplay is not VR, right? So you could play a lot of games that maybe look less yeah. uh, immersive or less great in terms of graphics that are more fun gameplay-wise. Yes. 
But you can't have both right now. In the VR scene, you have sometimes great mm-hmm. gameplay, but the, like the, the, the story things you're talking about, these characters, no one has that money right now to make that kind of stuff. We kind of got to taste that at the start in what was it, like 2016, 17. You kind of got into that, but not on this level uh, at all. We never really got to that. Yeah. But that's the thing. And I no, I totally feel you. And I uh, and that's why I, I totally understand why people jump into this now, even that it's not a great VR experience, but it also mm. is in some ways. Totally, yeah. You know? And yeah, also, it's like, yeah. Sorry, it's a farming uh, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, I just mean... Um, because the combination works, and because developers are willing to take a AAA title and and bring VR to that, mm-hmm. um, that's going to help support. I hope these so. Getting I, funded. I, I, I hope that's... someone from CD Projekt Red is having the experience that I'm having and says there is something really compelling about this in VR that we should maybe push on a little bit. Um, but Guy Godin is actually in the chat, and he uh, obviously is the creator of Virtual Desktop. Um, and actually from his next update, uh, Virtual Desktop will support alternate eye rendering. So all the mods from Luke Ross will be compatible uh, using uh, Virtual Desktop to connect to your PC, which is wow. awesome. So congrats and uh, nice work from Guy for uh, supporting it, because I think that's great. Uh, if you're interested in checking out the mod, it is kind of behind a paywall in that you have to be part of Luke Ross's Patreon, which I think is like seven or eight dollars a month, uh, something like that. Um, but that gives you access to all the mods that he creates. So you'll be able to play the back catalog, GTA, Red Dead, everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, great experience. I loved it. I can't wait until we have like 60 90s on the market where I can play this at like full frame rate and maybe one day <laughs> yeah. we'll get full motion controls because this 60, game 90. is just freaking gorgeous. And like you say, we like I crave, you know, this yeah, kind of high, crave it. I know, high fidelity I know. VR experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the characters, the character side is so important, you know, and that's that's so, actually that's that's why when you get it, like, but even it, even what Mike even what Mike's saying, like this this guy pulls out a gun, right, and put it he puts it on his head. How many like actual VR games do that where they immerse you or put something in your eye because then it's like, yeah, but it's not comfy for the VR player, so we can't do it. We kind of have to build some comfort stuff into it. Mm. So this game is just like unlimitless in terms of like what you can do with it. They just do things that you wouldn't be able to experience in VR. Mm. Yeah, in that right? sense, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Very, very cool. So yeah, if you've got the, the beefy PC to do it, highly recommend it. <laughs> Uh, and that's it for news. So I guess now it's time to hand over the reins to Zim for this week's top picks of games releasing over the next couple of weeks. And we've got a few interesting ones, actually. Some cool stuff coming. So Absolutely. pin your ears back. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I'm surprised we're at this part of the show already. It's been very quick. The last uh, you know week has gone quick, and um, well, the last two weeks have gone quick, and, uh, and, and now this has. So releases, let's go. Uh, the first one is Out in Space. Um, this one's really interesting because I, I, I came across something um, news about about this experience. Uh, so we're talking about a quest title here, uh, Space Explorers, uh, and this is an immersive VR cinematic experience from the renowned creators Felix and Paul. Um, this ISS experience that they've had uh, out for some time uh, used to be a, a chapter-based um, experience and you'd pay yeah. I think it was five dollars or 350 in pounds or something like that per chunk per episode um, some were free some were paid I went through that about probably a year and a half ago maybe two years went through all of it fantastic work actually it's some of the best film work uh, for VR space experiences that there there have been so those original paid episodes are free 
and now they've added a new one. Uh, and Spacewalkers is about, it's like a 9 minute, 50 second, uh, 360 VR cinematic. I've seen very positive reactions to this. Um, and this is something that you can go and experience now. Again, if you've got a quest, um, a little bit difficult to find. Uh, so you're looking for Space Explorers uh, to find it in the store. But then once you get into the app, there's multiple modules. And the cool thing is that, as I said, the original modules have now gone free. And we've got this new one, which is phenomenal. Um, you're you know, being able, able to join eight astronauts on the International Space Station and experience the joys, wonder, and dangers of orbit. So that one is for anyone who's looking for a sit-back pop, popcorn experience uh, in VR or educational. I would encourage any teachers out there who use VR in the classroom to consider something like this because um, it's quite it's quite phenomenal uh, doing a doing seeing the spacewalk or being inside the ISS uh, in that space. And there's a number of different missions that really get you feeling like uh, you're up there in space with the other astronauts. Totally, yeah. Nice. Personally, I found the best way to explore the latest one, which is um, Space Walkers, is through That's the what? Oculus TV app um, rather than through the Space Explorers app. But isn't isn't that oh, like okay. streamed? Is that isn't that streamed video? It is streamed so video. Down, like I usually like you want to download 360s yeah. and then watch them because if you stream them, it's always kind of the artifacts. Yeah. yeah. No, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah. The problem was that I went into the Space Explorers app and I was looking for Space Walkers yeah. and it wasn't in there. I couldn't find. That's so weird. It, it, it was weird because they made this. Uh, they like no, no. There's. I think there's a Felix and Paul app where they have all their experience in. Yeah. So they have all these Cirque du Soleil and all these like. It wasn't in the Space Explorers app though, which where you would expect it to be, and that's why I ended up finding it on Oculus TV. It's a good shout, Mike. Yeah. Just in um, case you it, you yeah. know you might not, you might be able to find it. Uh, maybe they update the app. I don't know. Um, I find I always, they're not like, very I, I, well like, organized, actually. No. So no, but I always Paul feel like when they're <laughs> go on. Yeah, but the thing is, always when there are like these awesome 360s coming out and they promote like Oculus TV, it's like like I see it coming by on social media, but they, they so poorly promote that stuff. Well, it's beautiful yeah. and it's artistic and 360 yeah. documentaries or 180 are amazing. It's it's truly magical. And they just kind of, oh, here it is. And no one knows where to find it. Like the it. David Attenborough experiences from yeah, about yeah, half exactly. a year so ago or a year ago. So many examples. If it wasn't, yeah, those for, Kent, things you if it wasn't for Kent Bai, I would never have heard of this. And he, oh, was, yeah, like, he, he shared it on Twitter. And I was like, holy crap, how have I missed this? And like you said, Nathie, they didn't get promoted by Meta or anyone else. So I was like, holy crap, cheers, cheers to Kent for recommending it. Yeah. It was like you say, it was stunning. A lot of the stuff in that artsy space does that it hides in this corner and unless mm. you have someone telling you that it's there you'll True. miss it so um this is one all right so that's about a 10 minute feature for people who are um into that kind of stuff uh, as i said there's a couple of modules to look out for home planet unite spacewalkers being the latest okay next uh so here's a little bit of an indie thing this one's this one's interesting this is uh, for our steam players this is a technically an oculus rift only title this is weird right wow. so so you can you can quest to plus link to play it, but it doesn't support, virtual, virtual desktop doesn't support it, I understand. So, Guy, maybe you can wave your magic wand or, or something with the devs on this one. It's called Tempest. This is uh, out as of the 2nd of March. So for less than $10, it's a, it's a kind of a neat-looking uh, puzzle adventure game uh, involving time travel. So you're basically going through six different, I'll call them ages, where you're, you're traveling... Um, I think it's a, a several thousand, I think it's like 200 years or a thousand years in every jump. Um, now, yeah. looking at the video, you'll see, uh, you know, wind blowing through some, 
blades of grass. It's a very pretty looking experience. Uh, and I would say similar to what we were talking about with the, the mod for Cyberpunk, uh, this is a game that you could have played in, in flat, uh, has, been, has the VRification that's been added. You launch the game, you click into VR. Um, and this puzzle adventure game, you know, stems around time travel, puzzling, and you go from chapter to chapter to chapter. Uh, it's got a portalized element. I'm not going to go too much into depth about it. You'll be able to see it uh, through the trailer. But you get to see basically your scenery and the environment that you're you're working through puzzles in as you as you leap from one to the next. It kind of reminded me of Quantum Leap mixed with um, that game that I still uh, that Mike beat me in so many years ago with Patrick Stewart. What is that? Game? Uh, <laughs> oh, the one from um, Coat Sync. Oh, from Coat Shadow Point. Shadow. Shadow. Shadow Point. Shadow Point. Shadow Point. Shadow Point. Well done, well done, well that done. Nice job. Even when I said Shadow Point, I wasn't sure if it was actually called that way. <laughs> That's how long it's been. You did well. well we've got a lot, right? Farpoint and things like that. So so yeah, so yeah Tempest. Uh, that's out on Steam if anyone's looking for kind of an indie experience. Again, a bit of a walking simulator, puzzle, adventure game, along with time travel. So uh, that's that one. Next up, quite an active arena. Um, Best, I, best can be described, this is Knock Landing on Quest on the 10th of March. This is Rocket League, League meets Robin Hood, uh, is the best way I could put this, okay? So uh, ditch the cars, you know, world petrol prices are about to hit an all-time high, so feck it, let's just grab our bow. Knock is a first is the first real multiplayer sport for VR, because you've, you've got a bow, it's, it's aerial, archery, soccer, matches. Uh, if you can put that in, in your head, obviously the visuals uh, help, help spell this out. Uh, basic premise for those who aren't familiar with Rocket League. Uh, two teams, there's a big ball. Uh, you're shooting the ball with your bow and arrow in hand to, to, to score goals. And you're skating around an arena in this competitive sporting environment. So, looks cool. Um, I suppose, Nathie, this is the kind of thing that you'd be looking for. You're a Rocket League expert, so... Um, is this something that you think will will convert well into VR? Have you had it? I don't know if anyone here has actually had a chance to play Knock. But. Yeah, Nathan so, and I have played it. Uh, yeah, we played it yesterday. I, I don't think we have played enough to really say like, wow, you know, uh, we we didn't explore the full thing. Hmm. Um, it's very interesting for sure. And it uses locomotion that I haven't really experienced before. It's kind of specific in a way in combination with the gameplay itself. But um, it's not like Rocket League. It's more like soccer meets ice skating meets skiing or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to play more uh, of that later. So I feel like it's a bit too early to yeah. say too much about it. We could probably talk about it in more detail. Uh, How was the in-game VoIP chat? Because I'm curious about that. That seems really important uh, for a game like this. Fine. Fine. VoIP was fine. We had a few server issues, but hopefully again those get ironed out and we can talk about it maybe uh, on the next show but you know the art style phenomenal i love this art style Looks cool. um, it's yeah. a bit like cyberpunk uh, like uh, yeah I, I, mean, I mean i don't mean the game cyberpunk but like the genre very uh, bright neon colors yeah, yeah. and like yeah. It's, it's very similar if you've played half plus half which was normal's That's uh, previous game which was free on quest mm. then you'll be yeah. familiar with this kind of like quirky art style and avatars um yeah yeah so yeah we're gonna play some more i think we're gonna play it tomorrow and then we'll talk about it more on the next show but definitely one that should be on your radar because these kind of games are pretty rare yeah and uh yeah. a warning for would-be buyers there is a game that launched in 2016 on steam that's still available 
for, again, around about the same price mark called Knock Hidden Arrow. This is not that game. So if you're on Steam and you're searching for Knock, don't go buy that. <laughs> this is no. a quest game. This will be coming to other platforms later. Right. Thank you very much. All nice. right. Next up, um, and again, we're, we're, we love talking about mods. So um, thanks, Mike, for uh, kicking this uh, my way as well. So Bioshock, we talked about this a couple episodes back. Return to Rapture Mod uh, Part 2, uh, finally landing on the 11th of March. 24 new levels, 15 hours of gameplay coming. Jesus. Plasmids, new weapon models. Um, so if you haven't had you know, enough of Rapture, then absolutely go back. Return to Rapture with this mod. Now, the one thing I would say is finding it for me was a little difficult. It's there in your Steam community page. You can find Return to Rapture Part 1 quite easily. Um, Mike, do people find Part 2 just off of the links of that? Do you know where people can actually download this thing? So we should say that this is a Half-Life Alex mod. <laughs> yeah, I should have said that. Yes, sorry. Uh, yeah, so this People is a like mod. a wild in the chat now. This Wait, is a mod for Half-Life Alex. Uh, yeah. It's free, um, but yeah, you, you you find this under the workshop, and uh, it will be added there from the 11th of March. Um, and yeah, it's, like I said, I've I've played it. I played a very early access version, maybe like two months ago, and it was looking very promising then. They had. Um, ideas of putting custom weapons in games so not just the weapons from half-life alex but their own proper skinned weapons from the bioshock world um i hadn't experienced mm. any of that in my gameplay so far but they were very optimistic that they were, that they were going to get it ready for launch i haven't really followed the progress up till now so i hope they got that in the the mod but i, I guess we'll find out uh, next week I want to like I, I want to play this, but every time it gets better, and I'm like, when do I like? I, this is one thing that I just want to play once, right? And you just play it at the right moment when it's like really, really good, and it only gets better because they keep adding things, and it starts to get, it starts to look less and less like Half Life, basically. Yeah. That's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I I had that years ago with Terraria. They kept bringing great stuff out, and I'm like, when when am I actually gonna get to sit down and play the game finally? Because you don't want to play it when it's eighty yeah, yeah. percent complete. So I understand that. All right, next one. If you've not had enough warfare, and, and honestly, I have, so I'm not looking at first-person shooters right now, but there's a couple of things coming out, so I'll just kind of rattle these off. The first one is Alvo uh, on Quest. Um, I think you guys donated to us, actually, just there earlier in chat, so thank you for that. But um, on the 17th of March, Alvo uh, re-releases now onto the Quest platform, so it's a multiplayer FPS game. If you haven't had your fill of those, check it out. Um, next one, next gun game, uh, would be uh, Population 1 is returning with uh, yet another pipeline feature, a brand new map. We've been asking for this since the launch, right? Uh, so 17th of March, Metropolis lands. Uh, looks quite big. They've been doing a series of tweets uh, announcing each of the different subsections of the map. Junction, slums, nightclub, market, you know, so hopefully we'll get a chance to kind of dive into this new intricate maze of containers, buildings, and Color, colorful billboards. Uh, honestly, the look of the map to me, um, I don't know how it's going to play. It looks it looks like a lot more close quarters combat than uh, the previous map, which was kind of rolling hills. Um, so let's see how it goes, you know. Um, but I would say, you know, follow Twitter um, for that if you want to learn more. Anyone else want to add to that? Or are you guys keen on this? Like, know, are you I, still I, playing I feel, Pop 1 at all? I feel like the hype is kind of gone for this game. Yeah. And I don't know how many people are still like looking forward to stuff like this. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think, you know, hats off to uh, Big Box for 
consistently dropping content for this game. Like, True. It's one of the yeah. best supported True. VR games we've probably seen in a long mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. So for that, yeah, I totally admire the team. Like you say, maybe interest whole... has kind of died off a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, but, but I maybe still it's just think there's enough interest in, in the game itself in order to... And maybe this is a good motivation for people who still have this game installed to like mm-hmm. just like jump back in when the map releases. So... I mean, they they have a quite a big following on 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 Twitter as well, so I'm sure that they'll they'll start a campaign that uh, that will like try and reach all those people as well. I think there's yeah. a healthy every time I've jumped in, and I jump in maybe once every three months or so, maybe four months. Um, there's always been a healthy community of people playing it who really enjoy it, and it's quite a social game. So still a, a pretty yeah. good introduction for anyone who's just picked up a quest and you're like, hey, what game can I play and go. Just, you know, play with other players online and, you know, in a, in a, in a, yeah. in a collaborative way. I think, I think a lot of people... A good Battle Royale title. A lot of people use Population 1 like we play, like we play Walkabout, you know. We're a bit yes. older. We're like the boomers. Uh, but the kids, <laughs> you know, boomers. They, they can yeah. maybe multitask better than we can. Um, so they, they probably enjoy playing Population 1 more than just chilling out and playing golf. Like I'm keen do. to try it out. I definitely will give. Uh, the I'm, new happy map a splash. I'm happy to but jump in. I'm happy to jump in and check it out. What I what I can't, I give you, I give you a shout, Mike, when we're when we're doing it. Maybe yeah. <laughs> grab a third and then get in there. But um, I, I'm curious to see how the game ends up settling out in the next kind of six to twelve months. You know, like what because they they have been doing a lot of like modes where they'll bring a mode in and they'll pull the mode out and they're like like testing the water for different yeah. things. Mm. So I'm curious to see what the uh, the base game ends up being. You know, well, I think year, I think for, for them. You know, making sure that they're a PSVR 2 launch title would be, uh, you know, the number one thing in my mind. Um, Very good point. Very good point. Um, Which won't be later 2022. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. So um, uh, two more things I'll just mention. Uh, I don't have videos for these necessarily, Rowdy, but um, I saw them and I wanted to mention them. Um, So Star Tenders Intergalactic Bartending is quite a nice looking game landing for PSVR and Quest. Again, March March 17th. Mm. Quite a lot landing on March 17th. I don't know why. Um, and then in addition to that, there's Joyway's next title called Outlier, which is an FPS RPG combo with procedural generation, which again, I know that they've been half-assing games and kind of throwing, <laughs> throwing them out, you know? Totally. But at some stage, I feel like they're going to hit a title that feels right and maybe makes all of the like, pain of that worthwhile. So Outlier they, they- looks kind of neat. Take a look they, at it. They should just <laughs> focus on getting the story mode for Stride and um, yeah, and the other one that it's I like played the, that the, I really enjoyed. That's coming. That, that, that's that's coming soon. Yeah, we'll see. So so that's those. Um, that's what we've got. I'll just do a kind of recap for those titles so people know what's there. So there was Space Explorers, the Space Walkers part on Quest, their Oculus TV, uh, and uh, and then we had a couple of others. We had Knock and Tempest. Tempest being on Steam. Nice. Oh, and this is why Mike is playing Cyberpunk. Yeah, and, and Elden Ring and Horizon and Gran Turismo 7. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I'm, I'm just hooked on games right now. Loving it. Elden Ring, Elden Ring does look interesting. I can't wait for Zim to play Elden Ring. I can't wait for him to play. I want to see him stream the game. I want to see him stream it so I can just watch him play and struggle. He should stream it. I will will at some stage. I will say that when we're going through highlights every week, when someone mentions a flat game, I think I hearken back to when we had this lovely um, culture of shaming each other anytime we mentioned a flat game. And we need to get back to that. We need to get back to shaming people for playing flat games. 
Well, like usually, like uh, PD would like shame us, but even PD gave up now. But, and also, kind of, uh, you know, is honest I'll about the I'll fact tell you why that pancake games are just better right it's now. The, it's the, yeah, it's the it's the point that you you said there, Nathy, is that uh, unfortunately it's a little bit weak sauce at the moment in the VR scene. It'll continue for it's, a little bit more. We're just in doldrums right now, and so I guess it's a lot. I mean, I, I I do I do appreciate all the developers kind of pushing against this big wave, you know. So yeah. I, I do do really appreciate that. But we can be honest that there's not enough force right now in the VR scene to really make a virtual reality like super exciting, like you see, for example, in a December or October, etc. Mm. You know. So yeah. oh, and I saw. We'll see. You. Time will tell. I saw BMF make a comment about Steam Decks. Any of you guys got those uh, got those emails or got a Steam Deck yet? No emails, no. but I did play um, the free experience that they dropped on Steam oh, Deck. Desk job. Desk, I played desk it. Job. I played it today. Desk yeah. job. Yeah, it's very reminiscent, actually, of the Aperture Hand Labs because it uses the same characters yeah. from the Portal universe, um, oh. and it's the same style, art style, same kind of vibe to it. Also, uh, if mm. you love Portal, you'll love uh, Desk Job. You can you can check it out for free. By the way, you don't need a Steam Deck to try it. It's free on Steam. You can just play it with a controller and just have some fun with it. So yeah, I think I think only people from the US have received Steam Deck so far. I, I have yet to see someone mm-hmm. from Europe to report saying like, "Hey, I got one," or the UK. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I was super happy yeah. when I switched my store to Canada. My pre-order switched to Canada, which took about almost 100 well, Canadian dollars off the price tag again compared to the, see, the, this the is UK why price. This... And uh, my yeah. position in the, in the order uh, was was held, which was fantastic. I mean, that that that, that takes some smarts. Good job, Bill. yeah. And, and I'm sure, like, like Gabe has said, you know, in many interviews now that, you know, Steam Deck is going to be the stepping stone to a standalone VR headset from Valve. And, you know, we talked about, sadly, it's Bradley's predictions in the past. I just wanted about to say, Deckard. well, Brett appeared in the chat. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> bless his heart. He's been scraping through files for, so for his life, you know, to, to, to find little yeah. nuggets of information about this thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a reality, but it's just a question of time and when, you know, when, when is this going to happen? We all know As that long- Valve do things in their very own time and uh, when they're ready. As long as it doesn't have the number three on them, then it's coming. It's going to be fine. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I saw Gabe hand delivering those Steam decks and I thought that was freaking epic. It just reminded me of the uh, the Palmer Lucky video of him delivering like, oh my the, God. the original yeah, DK1. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. The one guy, guy we like, didn't, I don't have a PC here. And it's, like, it's the okay. same vibe. You, you've got like these, these super uber nerds like they're into tech and they meet each other yeah, and they just don't know how to communicate. It's like, <laughs> oh, I love the band where the uh, will always be geeks. The lady, the lady's like, uh, "What's with the camera crew?" You know, because obviously her, like whoever yeah. had ordered it wasn't home, and, and she's delivering. She's like, "What's what's going on here?" But I, I like that. Like I, I, I can't imagine there's like, a, I mean, Gabe's a huge name to us for those who grew up with the original Half Life, right? But I can imagine a lot of people wouldn't know who Gabe was if he showed up at your front door. They just think like, he's Santa. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. My Santa's here. My package—they have no idea who's standing before them. I, I just—I'm—I'm I'm always impre- surprised. Mm-hmm. I would be able to communicate with the man if he came to my door. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be standing like, "Oh, thanks, Gabe. Well, bye." You'd invite him hey, in for a little cup of tea. Job. Bye. No one, yeah, of course. No, no one gave him a hug. No, nobody uh, chats with you know? the Amazon delivery guy, right? <laughs> I, I want to see—I want to see Zuckerberg do this with the next quest. <laughs> oh my God, that would be funny. I de- be awesome. should definitely do that. I love how cringy it is. It makes great marketing. It's brilliant. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's wrap up the show because we rambled on a bit, a bit longer than we normally do. Uh, so if you've got any burning questions, oh. now's the time. Uh, we're going to wrap up. No, 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 no more questions. Sorry. Maybe, maybe one question. 
Um, okay, one. So, Just one. So they, <laughs> I've got to thank everyone for listening and watching. No, no, no. No, thank you. Sorry. Uh, we got to wrap up. No, no, also, I'm, I'm thank you to Val, our sponsor, the Virtual yeah. Athletics League. This is the last time they're going to be sponsoring the show. Hopefully, we'll have a new sponsor next show. Uh, just a reminder that the Showtime's live streamed every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can also check out the audio version, which Rowdy does a lot of hard work on to make sure it's uh, beautiful for your ears. That's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Spotify. Also, if you've enjoyed this live stream, hit the little like button and subscribe. It helps us out, lets us know that you care, and you won't miss our future shows. Yeah. Um, the offer that Mike just mentioned uh, is not for uh, Raid Shadow Legends or Raycon Airbots. Yeah, uh, we don't want those. Airbots, uh, because uh, no. It's got to be VR related. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Doesn't look like we've got any questions in the chat, so I think we'll wrap it up and say goodbye wow. then. So yeah, have a good, good couple of weeks. Right. Take care of yourselves, and we'll yeah. see you in a couple of weeks' time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.